The following program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of the sponsors, Broadway Media, or any school district, their respective managements or employees. Geek Show Podcast, welcome to it. Brand new episode for the 16th of October, 2017. The episode is called Jiminy Junkets. All right. Uh, this is, uh, you know, I have so much fun doing this show. I got to tell you, it's, it's great to have the guys back in the basement. Our last shows have been the live shows, and we enjoy those, but it's good to be back in the basement as well. And uh, this is a fine episode. We, uh, 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 toward the end, we, we give you some tips on how not to be that fan, you know, the, the ones that we don't like. And I know we lecture occasionally and like try not to be too hard, you know, about it. But, you know, damn it, we can be better people, you know? We can be better people and we can start with the things that we love and the people that we love. Anyway, uh, good episode. And, uh, oh, Lee George K joins me for Broken News. That was a treat. And uh, I got to tell him something about Star Wars that he did not know. So <laughs> it was a win for me, as far as I'm concerned. Stay till the end. Uh, Jimmy Martin is uh, interviewing the cast of three movies, Geostorm, Only the Brave, and Medea 2, Boo, Halloween 2. <laughs> so it's going to be a fine episode. I think you'll like it. Sit back uh, and enjoy. I want to thank our sponsors, of course, Dr. Volt's Comic Connection, Open seven days a week. Hold services free. With that, you get a 20% discount of purchases over $20 or more. And you get the previews catalog for free with that as well. 2043 East, 3300 South in Salt Lake City. It's Dr. Volt's Comic Connection. Also, Cabin Fever. Hi, Dave. Celebrating all things creepy, kooky, mysterious, and spooky this October. Cabin Fever located in the heart of Trolley Square at the corner of 500 South and 700 East in Salt Lake. I'm telling you right now, go in, wander around. You're going to love it. So much more than a card store. Also, Chef Daniel, Cantu's Catering. Uh, you know, you're having ingredients and groceries uh, shipped to your home, and you're doing all the work, and all those packages and ice packs can't be good for the environment. Let Chef Daniel do it. He's going to do it for you from scratch cooking in, in resealable, reusable containers. So ask Shannon. He's used this service. Go to Cantu'sCatering.com, C-A-N-T-U-S Catering.com for more information. Also, Black Velvet Boutique. Hi, Dawn and Leah. BlackVelvetBoutique.com. Their address is 293 South State Street in Clearfield. They're uh, open seven days a week. They're not a porn store or novelty store. They're a valuable sexual wellness resource for grown-ups who enjoy or want to enjoy sex. They have free sex education workshops as well. And our friends at Anime Bonsai, Utah's other cosplay and Japanese comic culture event, returns October 20th through the 22nd, end of the week, at the Davis Convention Center in Layton. Three days with over 100 panels and events. Get your tickets and all your information at animebonsai.org. And I think I'll see you there on Friday doing a radio thing. Oh, all right. So here it is. It's Jiminy Junkets. Please to enjoy. As some of you may know. Captain America has motion sickness. It did not turn out well. A, uh, a donut shot. I need another missile. We went too good. You've got a boner right now. United, we are still invincible. Something's going to bomb. Thank you for the bustier. That would be frustrating. Ice giants. Come into the water and say that, asshole. <laughs> I am not watching a baby fucker. He should have to see big mamas like father, like son. Go read some braille, you deaf son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Best inspiring podcast. Geek Show Podcast. 
Com. And welcome back to the basement. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Uh-huh. Mick Jones. <laughs> Jay's here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys were all doing hey. And, uh, I, was, I just want to do something different. So <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we're all like, yeah, Mick Jones, and he's all Scatman Crothers. Pretty much thumbs it up. Who sang that song, The Scatman? It was a hit a few years ago. God, who gives a shit? That song sucks. <laughs> I know that song was. I'm the scat man. I, yeah. huh? What are we talking about? It was. What are we talking about? It was. Oh. A thing. It was the thing. It was a thing. I don't think I heard I'm that sad song. I, I missed that. He said he missed that. He's Shannon Burns and everyone. Ah. Hi. Hi. So hey, just want to say again, thanks for all the books. They're still coming. I had like three today. And I read uh, one on the way. It was uh, yeah. who would win, Tasmanian Devil versus Wolverine. I'm pretty Ooh. sure. I'm pretty sure what the ultimate irony of that is is that's one of the books I ordered for you. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's a Wolverine, by the way. The Wolverine win. But it's great. It, at one point, the show's so like it says, "Book Intruder, the Honey Badger is mad." The honey badger wants to be in this book. <laughs> the book intruder. <laughs> it's a whole line of books. That, I love Tasmanian. Now imagine this. You're a 10-year-old boy, Carrie Jackson. Yeah. Your teacher has a whole, like, 13, 14, 15 books that are all just like, who would win? Hornet versus Praying Mantis. Oh. You know? That's a good shark one. versus tiger. Ooh. You know? Shark. Well, <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're friends. Sharks and tigers are friends. Oh, actually. yeah. What about when tiger they, shark? When they team up? No. Oh. Oh, oh no! So, it's bears and sharks. I'm getting. I'm yeah. sorry. It's bears. No, not but so anyway, thanks awesome. for uh, thanks for saying the books. It's been really cool. Like I said, they're still coming. Um, and come to my pub quiz every Wednesday night, eight thirty. Lucky thirteen. You might want to get there a little early because I think we're going to be moving back inside. Yeah, as it's getting cool. chilly, and uh, it's a good time. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I got good hamburgers at the Lucky Thirteen. Ooh, <laughs> I got a great staff. Mm. And I'm fucking hilarious. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I read it on your Yelp review. <laughs> he read it on his Yelp review. He's Jimmy Martin. Hi. Uh, watch me on KSL, Big Movie Mouth Offs. Listen to me on the Arrow, Geek Show, Mediocre Show, and Rebe and Slug. Stay tuned to the end of this episode. Oh, my God. It's going to get nuts. We got wow. three movies, and he's interviewed everybody from them. Yep. Uh, That's so cool, Jimmy. I'm so proud of you. So three junkets in one week uh, as we record this. It ain't happened yet, but I'm going to be fucking tired. Can we call you Junket, Jimmy? (laughs) No, can't. What about about Jimmy Junket? That's right. I'll take him. Jimmy Jimmy Junket. No, I'm going to stick him together. I'm going to just start calling him Junkie. (laughs) (laughs) So he's got got the cast and and creators of Geostorm, Only the Brave, Uh and Medea Halloween. Woo! Halloween too. I want to see this. I've already interviewed him once. I know, but yeah, it's he's just like nice I just, guy. I know he's employed the city of uh, Atlanta. Atlanta. All of them. Wait, yeah. so are you going to interview Gerard Butler too? Yeah. Ooh. Uh, Josh Brolin and yep. the Brave. Oh, cool. I'm going to talk to Thanos. Is Gerard a nice person? Huh? Is Gerard a nice person? I've never interviewed him. Oh, first time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to. I've oh, okay. I haven't gone yet. But uh, so Gerard, you fucked all of Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> He goes, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and? Aye! <laughs> what do you want to know about it? So, uh, so I'm guessing 
I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be a lot. Uh, probably seven interviews, give or take. That's All right. so cool. So, man. We'll see. The end of the episode. I'll make sure your wife doesn't lose your dog while you're gone. <laughs> Thank right. you. Please do. Jimmy Junkets, everybody. <laughs> Woo! Junkie, Junkie Martin. So there you have it. <laughs> I love it, man. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. He's proud of Jimmy. <laughs> yes, he's, right. he's Jay Whitaker. Yes, I am. Hey, what's up? Good morning. Uh, hope you're having a good day and shit. Uh, uh, shit. Follow me on the social shit. medias at it's Jay Whitaker. Uh, check out this this Joey spinoff. I call I call the podcast the Joey spinoff. Is uh, <laughs> the incredibly vocal minority? What uh, do you do on that? Thing? So he's got Drea DiMatteo, and he's going to get canceled <laughs> after a season. That's pretty right. much. Yeah. <laughs> it's my Joey spinoff. He's uh, already he's already worked with Drea DiMatteo. The first panel guest I ever interviewed. Um, I remember you did that thing because we were doing Geek Show, and you had to leave, and you were right above us. We all kept like looking up, like I wonder what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just uh, check it out. Uh, it's only like thirty minutes long. And, Listen to it after you listen to Geek Show. It's like it's like a, a a version of Geek Show dumbed down for people. What who, can they expect, Jason Whitaker? Urban talk. It's oh, a, really? no, it's a lot of like, hey, it's a oh. lot of like, bruh. Time to turn in, yeah. brother fam. Tune, tune we, in. we we get brother fam on there. Okay. And, and then um after you after you hang out at, at Shannon's Pub Quiz on Wednesdays, come fucks with me at Green Pig on Thursdays. Uh, we're doing karaoke. Karaoke at nine p.m. is actually a good time. We had a great we had a great time. So uh, <coughs> yeah, that's where I work. Mm-hmm. What what time? Nine p.m. on on Thursday. On Thursday, yeah, okay. Green, Green Pig, right. and then um, I think wait, watch watch me on in the vault at Go ninety and check me out on, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of shit now. And I, scene. He's directing. <laughs> he's directing the scene. He is the producer and designated driver of the program. He is Quad T. And the lights come up. And it's me. Wow, he's so geez. white. Hey. No, he's not. Hey, guys. Uh, check me out on Twitter, at Quad Tony. Uh, and after you've listened to The Geek Show and The Incredibly Vocal Minority, check out uh, The Gadget Spot with myself, Excitable James. Oh, wow. Jaron and Owen, where we talk about gadgets, tech, and video games. One of these things is not like the other. Which one could it be? Probably mine. Yeah. It is. Okay. <laughs> you, sound, you sound so uncomfortable saying incredibly vocal minority. That was funny. I had to try and remember the whole title. It's long. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, he's not giving me anything. <laughs> I, I wrote myself a note. He's saying like, nothing. <laughs> he's a selfish lover. He's uh, I Payne. am. I, I, I yeah. try to keep it towards the end. All right, I'm going to try to keep this as brief as I can because uh, not not to be a big downer, but there's a uh, there's a biological precedent that men in my family killed dead at 52. Oh, jeez. I'm turning 48, oh. so I'm getting a little manic. So, oh. <laughs> so anyway. It's his birthday tomorrow. You got oh, a whole yeah. replicant's life no, ahead yeah, of you. Yeah. No, I mean, I got the vegan monkey heart. It'll be good. Oh, yeah. So, it, you know, I'll make, make it Live 54. life like you're anyway, a replicant, buddy. I've, I've just decided that uh, a life with regrets is a life not worth living, so I'm getting everything I can possibly get out of my head and into the world. Really? Yeah. So God, I should never do that. Yeah. So here comes <laughs> the errands of grievances. <laughs> so first. No, Lee George Cage is going to get me through an administration. I'll just say that. I, I will I try my, you, I will I try my damnedest. Uh, first off, uh, big changes with Frisch at the restaurant um, because the jerky empire uh, kind of got ahead of us. Yeah. Like we were having a hard time keeping up with orders. We hit our six month point like a month in and we hit our year point three months in so yeah. we're kind of 
we had to shut part of the restaurant down. And that kind of upset some people. We're still open Monday through Friday, 11 to 5. You can get your vegan food there. You can get the, the jerky there. You can also get that um, at a place in the commercial that we're going to record because it'll take too long to talk about. And that list is just getting longer all the time. Sweet. Let's just say the Amazon of vegan stores is now a distributor of fresh jerky. So, and it's for now what's that called? Yeah, it's uh, called Vegan Essentials. It's the largest online retailer of, you hear that? of vegan You hear that, goods. folks? It's essential. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, and and you know, we're we're we got our nutritional information figured out. So we're we're hitting. I saw that, man. Yeah. It looks great. Thank you. So we're hitting we're hitting retailers around the country. So and that could uh, that could go some interesting places. So along with that, though, uh, I do have an animated series that I'm starting. Uh, it's about uh, uh, an animated otter. His name's um, Jiminy Junkets. Yay! And, uh, Jimmy Junkets! Can I actually, do the voice? Yeah. Sweet. But we got to make it higher pitched. <laughs> but yeah, he, he travels around with his with his badger friend, and they, they are these celebrities. Actually, I really should do this now that I'm thinking about it. You should. Yeah. Write it down. Yeah. So, Write it down. Um, I want to be the badger. <laughs> Hi, I'm then, a badger. <laughs> uh, about, about 14 months ago, I crossed something off my bucket list. I actually self-published a coloring storybook with monsters in it Yeah, uh, called Grimly's Beastly Oddities Volume 1. Volume 2 is on Kickstarter right now as we speak. I do have a $5,000 funding goal because, frankly, if I'm going to draw and write the damn thing, it better be worth it. <laughs> so, but it's almost done. I'm almost finished drawing and writing it. But once we hit that $5,000 stretch goal, every $500 we do over that, I'm going to be doing a geek show panelist as a monster. Oh, so, um, oh. so I heard, I heard mine, and I'm like yeah. really fucking excited. So I'm not it. saying who the other people are, but we are going to start with Tony. Oh, let's just say I we're go uh, first. Yeah, we hit yeah. we hit five thousand five hundred dollars on the Grimley's book on Kickstarter. And uh, we're going to do the uh, ungrained Bigfoot picture, and you'll actually see that it was Triple T. It's so. me. I am so like, I, when, when he, when you told me what I was going to be, I was like, oh, yeah. oh my God, I love you. So, and that's one of the things is once it hits the $5,000 goal, I'm excited about that. And that means it's funded, it's going to happen. Uh, but once we get to $7,000, that's when it becomes a Kickstarter exclusive. A lot of the stuff that ends up being in stretch goals will not be in the retail version of the book. So okay. I'm so going to be do doing it. two versions of it. So as opposed to Carrie, who only does one version of Geek Show. <laughs> I, I that, but that's what I love about this shit. We we all get to now. Play where where build shit. where do we go to do this? Uh, for the coloring book, it's on Kickstarter until eleven fifty nine p.m. on a Halloween night, and it's called Ooh. Grimley's Beastly Oddities Volume Two. There you go. So you can either it's Grimley's G R I M M L E I G H S because. I like me, and so I put my name in everything. <laughs> so cool, man! Yeah, thank you. I, I love. Very cool. I, I love that this show gives us opportunities to just. Well, it's out, yeah. It, it gives us a venue to to kind of share the, mm -hmm. the the crazy shit in our heads with yeah. people, and, and I appreciate everybody for. I mean, it's we're already like forty percent funded, so nice. It's there's a pretty good chance that we're going to hit you know, it. I want to hit the stretch goals though, because the first. The first expanded story. So instead of having a coloring page of mm -hmm. Count Olaf at the 1960s Parisian disco, it's <laughs> going to be five pages of Count Olaf and uh, you know his escapades. You know who else is 40 percent funded? Our host, Kerry Jackson. I'm 40 percent. I think he's more than 40 percent funded. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I was just trying to do. You know how he leads it, like leads us in. Like I was going to go with holding a piece of paper and drinking a Coca Cola. <laughs> no, I mean I, I was just trying to. I was trying to use. It's with not very good radio. It's just like Steve Grill, like. Uh, cup. Yep. R2. <laughs> I love lamp. Badge. I, I was just trying. No, you did good. I was trying to do the thing that you do. Well, here's what I found. Speaking of 40%. Because I, I did the Ancestry.com. Whoa. Uh -huh. 
You white as shit. Jamaican. Oh, say, finish. Finish. <laughs> yes. Finish. Finish. Uh, Irish. Oh. Uh, yeah. All right. So forty percent. Forty percent. Yeah. What's the other sixty? Uh, Jamaican. The, the other forty percent is like uh, Western European. Yeah. And then there's other. The other. The weird other was there's some Native American in there. Eh, See, I surprised. thought you always but, thought that. Yeah. I I I was told that. Yeah. But it was not as much as I was told. Yeah, uh, you know, one fifteenth. I'm part Cherokee. You know how you yeah. my, give me my, a scholarship. My wife yeah. had been told she was one sixteenth Blackfoot her entire life, and when yeah. she did that, it came back, and she's she is as Irish as Irish could be, which is also hysterical for someone who was told she was German her entire life. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, and I'm I'm uh, not surprisingly mostly Scandinavian, so. My people burned your people's villages. Oh, I'm, I'm mostly sharp. Fight, fight, sharp fight, fight. <laughs> I have one of those tests sitting on my counter. I need to do it and send it in. It's fun to spit in things. That's the one thing keeping me from doing it. It requires a lot of spit. A lot of the porns I, was, I watch think that too. And I'm Listen, just, I was surprised it took that much. I had a hard time yeah. getting that much spit. That's what I haven't. Why I haven't well, done you it? Gotta, really? How much spit do you need to do? No, but seriously, it's like it's like a. a it's I mean, about an ounce. Yeah, yeah. I could do you that. But if you really, really, if you really want to free, you're not supposed to do a loogie. No, and, and you can't have water or any liquid for, for like two hours, like an hour before. Is that how long it is? But if you yeah. really want to freak him out, if you have a friend that's got like a bloodhound, just take a little of that and put it in there too. <laughs> that's a hundred dollars wasted. No, that's a hundred dollars of entertainment. <laughs> Actually, if you want to see something really funny, it's, it's the latest episode of South Park uh-huh. where they they do this and yeah. uh, Randy. Kissed uh, oh, a Native yeah. American and they swabbed his mouth, and so they said he was really like mainly Native American. <laughs> I I I found it a hundred dollars very well spent because uh, my paternal lineage has been in question for mm. nearly fifty years. Ah. So, um, sadly, the majority of the people that would matter to are long dead. Mm. But uh, <laughs> it, it was still nice to contact the few survivors and say, "Ha, I am family fuckers." Well, <laughs> eat it. Yeah. My mom wasn't a whore, fuckers. <laughs> I was just happy to see that I didn't have any Russian. Oh. I've got Finnish, which is close. Well, that's my segue. Oh, you know, fuck I'm those <laughs> Russians. I'm a segue. No! No! Russians, you want to hear some Russian swear I got words? A, I, got a, I got a Russian story. Here. Let's be nice to um, Russia. Because, you know, it is the biggest horror movie. Probably ever. Of, probably of all time. It yeah. is? How no, sad is that? The remake. <laughs> it, it's all the money. Wow, there's it. so many phenomenal monster movies that there are. could have been yeah. bigger. Uh, but uh, it's all about it right now. And it is playing in Russia. But Burger King's Russian division has <laughs> filed a complaint with, are. <laughs> with the Federal Anti-Monopoly Service, hmm? the FAS, demanding that the movie It be banned from Russia. Burger King? They have a stronger clown union there. The company claimed that the movie's clown character Pennywise looks too much like Ronald McDonald and therefore works as an advertisement oh my for the rival fast food They do brand. understand wow. that he kills children, right? So does McDonald's. Well, <laughs> we, yeah. We, Just takes longer. We yeah. can't be concerned with the content of the film, they say, because the writer and director have their own understanding of any character, but it's too close. Wow. wow. It's too close. That's ridiculous. And they had the same problem with Catwoman uh, glorifying Hamburglar. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, Spe- speaking of that, speaking of McDonald's, as I look at my uh, clock, it's, uh, as we record this right now, it's two fifteen oh. on October seventh. Yeah, uh, they released the Szechuan sauce fourteen minutes oh, ago. The Szechuan sauce. Szechuan sauce. Uh, Rick and Morty is. But did you hear? I read about. I love it. I read more about like the rules behind it. Uh-huh. Uh, so you you have to go and dine in. Yep. You have to order chicken nuggets, and each restaurant will most likely just get twenty packs. 
Yeah. 20? And, and there were only <laughs> here, good here in Utah, luck. there were only two locations. Two locations. Yeah, the one, one on Seventh. One I was in Salt drive. Lake and one in Provo. <laughs> I, was, I meant to drive past because we did Farmer's Market this morning. I wanted yeah. to see if people were lined up, but oh. it said 20 packets. I was like, oh. fuck that. Oh, it wasn't a good sauce to begin with. I don't even remember. You Gotta get know, that Szechuan sauce! You can, you can go online and find a recipe and make it at home. See, but Kat and I had the argument of, like, why didn't it just mass produce it? It's the same thing that Pepsi did with those Back to the Future cups. Like, you would totally sell them out. You'd make a shit ton of money. And when 20 packs come out and 100 people walk away, they're going to be pissed. And they're just fucking hate your company. They're going to be mad at McDonald's. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. just stupid. And while we're speaking about it, goddamn, it's so sad. That, that it's gone? That it's gone. We yeah. only got 10 episodes. Yeah. But they were fucking Great. Great. No, that was the Just best gold. season. That was yeah. the best season of Rick and Morty. Six more months and I'll be able to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the end where, you know, Mr. Poopy Butthole comes out and goes, Ooh-wee! Ooh-wee! Because, oh, man, uh, I hope you guys didn't fuck around. around. <laughs> <laughs> I got my life together while I was waiting for it to come back. <laughs> I got went to school and got my G-E-E-D. <laughs> <laughs> There's some great articles about the toxic fan base behind Rick yeah. and Morty that I'm finding really no, we'll, entertaining. We'll get to that. Did, oh, you guys see, did you guys see the Mr. Poopy butthole at, uh, <laughs> at Salt Lake Comic Con? Yeah. No, was he there? Two yeah. of them. There oh, was good. a couple, yeah. Okay, now you, you you weren't happy with it. You weren't. Huh? It's like there's better scary movies. Okay. Did you see it? Yeah. yeah. It was hard. I mean, it was good. Yeah, it's I mean, good. No complaints. But because no, there's definitely it's sometimes better scary astonishing movies. to me nah. when, like, Grown Ups 2. Yeah. Outperforms a better movie, yeah. right? Jesus. So, was because, it Pacific Rim? Yes. <laughs> well, because I saved this this story for you because it it involves something. I'm so selfish, that, and you're so giving that I don't know about. Okay, that I think that you might because they say it's one of them, uh, one of them uh, mangas, one of them mm. animes. Mm. Uh, it producer is going to adapt the sci-fi epic Ma K M A dot K for Warner Brothers. Nah, no clue. Really? Yeah. I don't know what that is either. This seemed, I thought this was all. Uh, of you. See, it's the anime has gone full fan service, so I'm having a hard time with it right now. Okay. Okay. I mean, I like Jiggly Boobs as much as the next dude, but when your whole show is fucking Jiggly uh, Boobs, it sounds like a good show. Gets in the way of the robot fights. <laughs> it's, uh, let's see, uh, Make, <laughs> epic sci fi property out of Japan, originated in the early 80s in Hobby Japan Magazine. What? A monthly comic magazine that was tied to customizable model kits. This is so this is cute. this is yeah. Lee to a uh, T. It was created by artist and sculptor Kao Yokoyama, Yokoyama, who worked with uh, magazine editors to create an expansive universe combining of manga and models. So it's like tanks, two you know giant robots, two legged tanks. I wonder. I wonder it. if these are the the kits that Revel stole to use for their. Robotech, not Robotech line of models. Uh, the story set far into the future after a nuclear war causes survivors to flee Earth. When the planet is habitable once again, new colonies are set up, but it's not long before a battle over resources begins. Like they uh, do. When one side wants to make the Earth independent, a new revolutionary war begins with mechanized armor and robots. It's funny you say that because you said the IT producer is doing that, right? Yeah. But the IT director, is, his next movie is Robotech. Oh yeah! Oh really? This shit, huh? this shit sounds fire. Look, look that up. That, that just screams Lee George K. Oh wait. Yeah, just if like it was Ooh, if it was Lee. really if it was really early '80s and it didn't make it to the states, I would have never known about it. I've never heard of it because okay, I, I'm surprised that I don't. I'm I'm finding model kits on Amazon hmm. and they're awesome. Yeah. Um, it was it was '82 '83 when a lot of the we had Battle for the Planets or Battle of the Planets and we had Star Blazers and those were really the only 
properties that made it from Japan to the States in the late 70s, early 80s. Mm. And then Robotech kicked. Shogun Warriors, yeah. Shogun Warriors, the toys. Yeah. I don't remember a cartoon being attached. No, no, we we didn't get the cartoon. Right. Because I remember writing a letter to to Channel 20. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I'm sure they, they listened. They tried to get <laughs> it. They yeah. did uh, when Robotech hit again on Channel 20. They the eight o'clock every morning, Monday through Friday, uh, and that was '83, and that kicked off a whole wave of Voltron, uh, every, everything animated or everything anime related hit, and not surprisingly, Transformers kicked a lot of that off too because mm-hmm. that stuff that stuff had already been around since the late '70s, so it was just easy to. I remember those days. Sir, I bet sir. you do. <laughs> this kid Carrie really stop. wants this TV show. <laughs> there was there was an there was an article or an ad in in Starlog, I think it was, that said that this is the cartoon because I had the toys. You know, my 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 creepy cousin Ray got me into them because oh. he was somehow into them, and, and he he got me into it. And I had a I had a giant uh, dragon, and I had uh, Great Mazinga. I still have Great Mazinga. The, right the fist. Store. Yeah, and uh, and there was I was oh I loved those toys, and God. there was an ad in Starlog that said, "Here's how you write to your local TV station to try <laughs> to get us." Maybe it was in the comic book. Maybe it was in the Marvel comic. It might have been. I can't remember. Okay, but. so uh, uh, Ma Kay, I I had some of these models. I remember picking them up at uh, Allied. But you didn't know that they were a thing. No, you remember Allied? Yeah, yeah. Allied shop Allied. and save at Allied, and you'll be satisfied. Right, twice <laughs> twice a year, somehow they ended up with a just shit ton of Japanese model kits. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I remember a couple of these. They were yeah, pretty there cool. You go. Allied was my favorite place to buy Big Hunk and Abazaba. Yo, I fucked with <laughs> Abazaba. Like, I didn't really like Abazaba until this one kid named Bruce like brought that shit to school. It's uh, good, huh? Yeah, and I was mm-hmm. like, yo, where the fuck has this been all my life? Yeah, taffy with forty taffy with. Peanut butter inside of it? It's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I like cow tails. That's, uh, mm, that's too spicy feet. for me. <laughs> Ketchup is spicy. Yeah, I like so this, pork rinds. This is the uh, the head selection for pilots. You can do different heads. Can we show the um, camera that? From yeah. Okay. Uh, but but what I what <laughs> I love about this is my favorite thing about any any Japanese product translated in English is uh, this is the uh, Saito heel. Love Love Garden set. That's Ooh. very Japanese. It looks like a. It looks like Snake Plissken. I was going to say that <laughs> exactly. again when I see Snake I Plissken in a mech Lucas. suit. I think to myself, Love Love Garden. We'll see. He looks exactly like uh, Metal Gear Solid Four, the oh, the yeah. third Snake clone that was president of the U.S. Yeah. And if this thing was super huge in Japan in the eighties, there's a pretty good chance that they Hide- said, "Hey, Kojima yeah. probably saw it and was like, hmm. nice." Made well, now I have a whole new thing to get into. There you go. Yeah, because I didn't. I didn't even know about Gundam until I was eighteen. And Gundam's been around since '76. There you go. All right, tell you what, well, uh, you guys brought up the uh, the Rick and Morty fan article. Lee and I saw the same one. We're going to bring it up, okay? Because, well, it's it's on the way. It's not just Rick and Morty's it's the not only just fan Rick and Morty. You sound like this is bad. Well, they they sound weren't. Like you're giving us bad news. No, they weren't. They weren't talking just about Rick and Morty. No, but, yeah. no, but they use it as an example. Huh. And I think it's it's time to uh, to check our geek privilege, perhaps. Uh, so let's do a break. We'll have some broken news coming up, and then we'll get into this, and then all of those celebrity interviews at the end. Wait, 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 Woo! wait. Yeah. Yeah. I have I have privilege now. Geek, yeah, you yes. got geek privilege. Oh <laughs> shit! I'm away. My oh, dip, dip. I'm doing. I'm gonna do this. Well, I'm you gonna... lost it with that. <laughs> After We're these taking it away. messages, we'll be right back. Talking about sex can be uncomfortable, and you know it shouldn't have to be. At Black Velvet Boutique, they believe there's no shame in sex or wanting to be educated about sex. Black Velvet Boutique 
is an all-inclusive, judgment-free shopping environment. They emphasize positive relationships between partners and with oneself. Black Velvet Boutique, they're located on 293 South State Street in Clearfield, Utah. You can go to blackvelvetboutique.com or give them a call, 801-525-1583. They're open seven days a week. They are locally owned and operated, staffed by some really cool, fun, compassionate, and caring women, Dawn and Leah. Very supportive, very passionate about making sure that uh, their customers have a positive experience. You're free to shop anonymously or engage with any of the Black Velvet Boutique staff. They're interested in building honest dialogue and relationships with their customers and helping people make informed choices. Black Velvet Boutique is its not a porn store or a novelty store. It's for grown-ups who enjoy or want to enjoy sex. Black Velvet Boutique, huge advocates of self-care, which is about understanding your body and sexual needs and desires. Visit them at their store, 293 South State Street in Clearfield, or call them. Ask them about their free workshops, Black Velvet Boutique. Attention cosplayers, Anime Bonsai, Utah's other cosplay and Japanese comic culture event returns October 20th through the 22nd at the Davis Convention Center in Layton. Tickets are on sale now for just $50 for a full weekend pass, or you can pay $30 for Friday only, $40 for Saturday only, or $25 for Sunday only. Two dedicated anime viewing rooms. Special guests include Warky, Alejandro Saab, Damon Mill, and many more. Three days with over 100 panels and events. Get your tickets and all information at Anime AnimeBonsai.org, proud sponsors of Geek Show Podcast. Hi, I'm JD. I'm Peterson. This is Spencer. And we're the 3-Bit Gamer Show, where we fight about video games. No, we don't. Yeah, we really do. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Facebook at 3-Bit Gamer Show. Pants are optional. Saturday, October 28th, Dr. Volts is celebrating their 27th anniversary with an epic sale. Everything store-wide will be 20 to 50% off. Go for the door prizes, go for the candy, go for the Halloween Comic Fest free comics. Let's see what's happening at Dr. Volts in the month of October. Get ready for a new dawn, true believers. Marvel Legacy will usher in the dramatic return of dozens of its most beloved heroes, villains, teams, and artifacts in bold stories that will begin the next chapter of the Marvel Universe. And as far as DC goes, in a world where Batman has gone too far, the Joker must save Gotham City. Set in a world where the Joker has been cured of his insanity and homicidal tendencies, the Joker, now known as Jack, sets about trying to right his wrongs. First he plans to reconcile with Harley Quinn, and then he'll try to save the city from the one person who he thinks is truly Gotham City's greatest villain, Batman. Open seven days a week. Your hold service is free, and with that, you get a 20% discount of purchases over $20 or more, and you get the previews catalog for free. 2043 East, 3300 South in Salt Lake City. Don't be surprised when you see one of the Geek Show guys there. Dr. Volt's Comic Connection. Broken news. Welcome to it. What the hell happened? I know, right? Yeah. I mean, why am I here? I know, right? The <laughs> <laughs> rare, rare broken news appearance of Lee George Kane. And, and where's everybody else? I know, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, they, they're actually busy. Jiminy Junkets is out doing his thing. Shannon, his... Shannon's actually pretty sick. He he called me up. and Well, he's around all those little filthy yeah, incubators. Exactly. Those plague machines yes. they call children. So, uh, luckily, and... Lee George Cade is my, my Obi-Wan stepping in to save the day. 
from a certain point of view. <laughs> Have you bought that book yet? Huh? Have you got that book? Which yet? one? From a certain point of view. No. It's out now. Do you? What, am what? I telling you a Star Wars thing that you don't know? I've been preoccupied. Oh, that's right. I'm like getting ready to nuke ninety percent of my business. You're the jerky. So. You're the jerky king. Literally. No, there's a book out. It's out a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Called From a Certain Point of View. Mm-hmm. Forty Star Wars stories. Ooh. So it's you know the short story ones that we love. Yeah. yeah. Like that Mos Eisley Cantina. We live with Nit Nit Nix, the 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 yeah. Jawa assassin. <laughs> the Jawa assassin <laughs> yeah. in that one. Uh, these are all canon. Okay. And it's 40 stories from, well, one of them is from Obi-Wan mm-hmm. that starts after he's struck down by Vader. That walking, what? Yeah. Oh, because he's still around. It, the, the, the line in the story is, uh, my name is Ben Kenobi and I am dead. Uh-huh. You know. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. And then there's there's a bunch of them. There's a whole bunch of different from from the point of view of all of these little minor characters, like TK four two one. Yeah, gets his story told. I need I need the story you know? of it's it's briefly in the um, the Rogue One uh, visual dictionary mm-hmm. where they retconned. There's this guy named. Uh, I'm going to get the name wrong. It was like Jaster Muriel or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was the guy that was supposed to be Boba Fett in the old expanded universe. Oh, okay. And he had been uh, he'd been done wrong, and so he was going to track down the the no good varmints that had done him wrong. Mm-hmm. Ponda Baba, oh and yeah, Doctor Doctor Evasion. Yes. So they there's a new bounty hunter in Rogue One in the Visual Dictionary who's who's hunting Doctor Evasion through the the seats of the the, the streets of Jeddah City. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very much that. Like, they took the cool elements of the shitty story and made them cool. And so I want that guy's story. So if it's in that book. That may very well be in there. I mean, <laughs> I mean, R5-D4 gets his story told. Well, he had a bad motivator. You know. Well, we find out about that. Was it was it sabotage? It, the story takes place in the Sandcrawler. Was it 3PO? I, well, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't read the book. Okay. I haven't read I, the I'll, book. I'll read it tonight and let you know. I, please. So but, I, 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 I'm really good at predictions right now. Like, I, I called some predictions. Um I, I did good from Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh yeah, you well. I I, I called yeah. them. Don't listen to past episodes. Or no, I inadvertent spoilers. Yes, because <laughs> you were good. I I was excited. Yeah, you're so right. my new prediction that uh, Ray is Snoke's kid. That's <laughs> that's that's one people don't want to hear. No one so, wants to hear that one. Uh, you know, that's Ray. I am your father. Why wouldn't it be Snoke? Hmm, okay. So, anyway. uh, well, we're, while we're talking about Star Wars, did you see the latest trailer, which uh, premiered on uh, um, Monday Night Football? Uh, um, and um, you liked it? Yeah, I liked it a lot. Well, what's not to like? Unless you're an asshole. Exactly. Right. I don't oh, know. Oh, why. hold on, hold on. <laughs> Star Trek Discovery. What's not to like? Are you an asshole? <laughs> Uh, gifted. What's not to like? You an asshole? In humans, well, it fucking sucks. Are you an asshole? Well, we can't. Yeah, you know, we can't forgive them all. No, I mean, uh, no. Sometimes a turd's a turd. Like I said, though, about Inhumans, the the one thing that it's doing is well, twofold, is that it it makes me feel feel bad for Lockjaw because yeah. he's he's not a dog. He's no. a guy. He's a dude. He's a guy yeah. who turned into a dog. But it's a great parable for for it privilege. Is. It is. And Karnak. They're making me like Karnak. Karnak? Karnak's a weed farmer. I love that idea. Uh, it's a great idea. <laughs> but I remember uh, Scott Pierce saying yes. that Inhumans would never work as a movie, and they've got a TV series proving it. Yeah. <laughs> so, boy, I'll tell you what, it, it, that thing was so rushed, it's just frightening. And yeah. with all the money that they spent on it, 
I wonder if Marvel's going, thank God that was IMAX's money. Because yeah. We, and, and it looks so cheap, it would look awful on an IMAX screen. But, you know, it's interesting because, like, uh, they, they pulled off Legion, which is, it's Marvel technically, right? It's, it is. It's X-Men. It and, is. And uh, I believe there wasn't much of a budget because it's XXF, right? Yeah. So not not much there, but no. they made a, a gorgeous they made it work. gorgeous show. And yeah. then uh, Matt Nix, the guy from uh, Burn Notice, he's doing Gifted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first episode, I think it suffered from Brian Singeritis because a little bit, yeah, because there's a lot of Brian Singer. Going I can on see there. that, yeah. yeah. But the second episode, I was watching it and just going, okay, mm-hmm. this is cool because mm-hmm. you're doing your your you're, you're using your X Men as your stand in for racial intolerance mm-hmm. and homophobia. Mm-hmm. You're doing both, cool. What a, what a way to what a way to hit those, which is those what the X Men were all about, yeah, right. And then uh, doing a really good job with casting and and yeah. doing a doing a cool show. And again, it's a network show, so and I I think that I think that Fox might have a little less of a budget for Gifted than uh, than Marvel through it. With ABC humans, for you know, you're right, yeah. But they made a, an engaging show, yeah. It it suffers a little here and there from predictability, but you know what show doesn't? Yeah. Whereas in humans. Yeah, mm. twenty minutes in, I was like, "Hmm, nice." Yeah, would this have been cool in the eighties? <laughs> I, I blame a lot of the casting. I really yeah. do. I uh, well, but you've got the guy from Hell on Wheels, right? He's he's Black Bolt. He's a good actor, but he's just not doing it here because well, he can't do anything without. I know. Um, yeah, I, I, and that's why I, th- yeah. not the choice I would have made. I, you know, anyway. So, so do you think they're sitting back and saying, "God, we really should have worked harder on getting X Men back"? Because our X-Men replacement series is just a little too out there. You know? Yeah. They're not mutants. They're inhuman. We'll uh, we'll get to that uh, yes. coming up. Uh, but back to Star Wars. Yeah. And the trailer. I derail things, man. You uh, you liked that. I did. Okay. I, it's it's Star Wars. I mean, but mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm kind of in rarefied company here. I, I haven't found a Star Wars I didn't at least enjoy. <laughs> you know, I... You know, I, I, I'll. I mean, I'll talk a little shit about the prequels, but yeah. I, I remember as I was watching them, I was just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't hold up to it's a lot Star of scrutiny, Wars. but no, um, but they're still they're still fun. I remember Phantom Menace and the opening shot, and R two goes out on side, yeah. out the outside of the His ship. silent running moment. Yes, yeah. I was thrilled with that. Yeah. Oh, fuck what a, yes. What a great you intro. Anyway. And that pod race. Oh, my God. Actually, somebody was telling me about the, if you do the sound on the pod race just right. Uh-huh. Anyway, all right. Well, and, and watch the uh, watch the cut scenes from the pod race mm-hmm. if you get the special edition of The Phantom Menace. Uh, they're not integrated in, but they should be. Mm. Because the Tusken Raiders are in there constantly. Yeah. Like, for them, part of the sport is shooting at the, at the racers That's as they go by. That's part of the fun. Yeah, so there's one shot in the actual theatrical release where they, yeah. where they shoot at them and they, and they cheer. But in the expanded uh, cutscenes, they're, they're just at it constantly. So <laughs> it makes me think of NASCAR with hillbillies that are armed. I like that idea. <laughs> we need to start that. There comes Gan Earl. <laughs> but uh, Ryan Johnson, the director of The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. um, you know, saw all of the reaction to the trailer and all the speculation. Oh yeah, he uh, he he responded to uh, to everyone's tweets about what do they mean by the last Jedi? What's going on with the last Jedi? Yeah, what is who is the last Jedi? He just tweeted, "It's Luke," and then he left. <laughs> he left, and he just he jumped out after that and just said, it, it, "It's Luke." Yeah. It's time to go radio silent on this, though. 
<laughs> I think it is because uh, there's there's some spoilers that yeah. the uh, the uh, publicity department's putting out by accident. I yeah. think. Yeah. So you've got some uh, some Luke centric spoilers that are already in theaters. Um, yeah. And then also keep in mind, watch the last two movies trailers. The, the the trailers that came out before the movies realize that oh. hardly a scene from Rogue One is actually uh, from Rogue One's trailer is even in the movie. Yeah, uh, realize how many scenes from uh, Force Awakens actually made it into the movie. Yeah, so keep that in mind. Also keep in mind that a lot of people are saying, "Oh, so many fan theories are in this trailer." Yes, very smart people cut a trailer together to make mm-hmm. you think yeah. that all of your wild, uh, mm-hmm. fevered, masturbatory fantasies about Star Wars have come true. No, no. No, you're you're most likely wrong, and if you're yeah. right, congratulations. You're the smartest nerd in the heap. But but don't go into the movie thinking you're going to see that movie. That don't you have phantom in your menace head. yourself into exactly. a movie that doesn't exist. Exactly, that trailer is masterfully edited mm-hmm. to trick you. Yeah, it's tricking you. If 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 Ray actually goes to Kylo looking for help, I'll be surprised. I will be totally surprised. On the other hand, if Kylo goes to Ray looking for help, that'd be kind of cool. That would be. But yeah, I anyway. uh, see all this. Oh, Dark Ray, Luke's going evil. No, Kylo's going to be the savior no. of the light side. Kylo's the last Jedi. No, yeah. shut up. No, last Jedi's R two D two. Now that's a movie I would see. He had the Force all along. Uh, let's see, and then the uh, Justice League trailer. Did you see that one? Nah, the new, new, new one. The newish one. Yeah. Where they make Aquaman look really fucking cool. Well, WB, uh, Warner Brothers yeah. always makes a great trailer. Yeah. They're like, oh, this needs some Jack White. Mm-hmm. Turn up the bass. It's it's the one with uh, Superman at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It, uh, again, that was a dream sequence. Mm-hmm. They're tricking you. They're, they're messing with you. Yes. Yeah. But... Uh, the New Mutants trailer. That's the one I wanted uh, to talk uh, with uh, you uh, about. Because uh, uh, I got a lot of stuff on that. Demon bear. Demon bear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they have, uh, I mean, they when they announced it some time ago, and this is, I found the, the original story that I had for it, where they talked about the direction they were going to be taking. Um, the CEO of uh, 20th Century Fox, Stacy Snyder, uh, said, New Mutants is about these teenagers who are just coming into their powers. It's like watching mutants go through adolescence and they have no impulse control, so they're dangerous. Mm-hmm. The only solution is to put them in a breakfast club detention slash cuckoo's nest institu- institutional setting. It protects uh, the people on the outside, but it's strange and combustible inside. So they're kind of touching on what Legion was doing. And they, they did something I didn't expect, that they're using the original, I mean, with a few additions, they're using the original New Mutants roster. So I saw Cannonball. I saw Rain. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think Bobby DaCosta's in there. Uh, instead of doing what X Men did and saying, "Oh, we're going to go with the the sexy, super appealing X Men first, mm-hmm. and then try to retcon our way out yep. of it," you see a little bit of that with Gifted, where they've had to create characters to fill in the gap from all the characters that have been strip mined for the X Men movies. Um, but yeah, it's cool seeing seeing Cannonball and, and Wolfsbane mm-hmm. in the trailer. No, they, they yeah, they're saying that uh, they have plans for a trilogy if this one works. Cool. If people accept this one, because it's a different kind of X Men. Yeah. Um. But and they will be horror films essentially. That it works. I think so. It works. Uh. And and it will be. Uh. Isn't the? Uh, it's been a long time. Isn't that uh, Danny the Native American girls and the. Demon bear, something that uh, comes after her uh, yeah. in the comics. I think it's been a long time. Again, I I, I was not an X Men reader. And if you've got Elena Rasputin, then your second movie is already taken care of because she gets sent to hell. 
Ah, <laughs> so that's where she gets her powers. Well, I look forward to that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, uh, Reyes is her name. So, Doctor Cecilia Reyes is the character's name. She's the doctor, Alice mm. Braga, uh, talking to um, Daniel Moonstar. Yeah. About rattlesnakes, baby rattlesnakes are more dangerous because they don't, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's the character that you've got there is Doctor Cecilia Reyes, and and I don't know my X Men enough to. I don't recognize her is. name, but they did such a good job with casting that as they were showing the different characters, like, okay, cool. It's not as easy as like slapping a visor on someone and saying, hey, it's Cyclops. Hey, you're Cyclops. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Speaking of X-Men. Let it go. What, the Gambit movie? Oh, all of it. <laughs> Just... <laughs> it is finally going forward. They, they've said this before. Well, no, they, they mean it this time. I don't believe them. They 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 are they have well they have tanning Chatham, yeah. He's sixty four now. They have set a release date. It's February fourteenth, twenty nineteen. So they're going for the Valentine's Day market. Well, they 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 the reason being, well, Deadpool did well on Valentine's Day. It's not Deadpool. That's, I know, <laughs> but that's their reason being. Okay, uh, and it is going to be Gore Verbinski. Okay, so it'll uh, be weird. He is going to direct it. Neat. And uh, so there you go. Uh, they have a script by uh, a bunch of people. A- a- at least 20. Yeah, at least. It's got to be a heist movie. If you want to make Gambit work. It's got to be. It's got to be a heist movie. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so they've got this. So the Gambit release date comes amid the other X-Men movie properties. you got the New Mutants on April 13th. Mm. Deadpool 2, June 1st. And X-Men Dark Phoenix, November 2nd. That's, Wow. Uh, so. That explains why we're seeing pictures from the set. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So brain's, brain's been doing all kinds of weird things. Sorry. Uh, and then uh, Mark Ruffalo accidentally live-streamed a portion of Thor Ragnarok on his Instagram. Of course he did. <laughs> the technology's hard. He was doing a live Instagram thing at the opening. Yeah. You know, and oh, yeah. here's, here's Jeff Goldblum, and here's, here's this and this. <clears throat> and then he put the phone in his pocket. We didn't get visuals, but apparently a good 20 minutes of the movie... <laughs> audio and around 8 15 p.m it stopped nobody knows if uh somebody told him you're doing that no he got tackled or, by that tiny little woman that yells at us before right. screenings exactly i can't remember her name but so there you go there's that um back to star wars yeah uh tickets are on sale for well the last jedi of course got mine and tickets are on sale for star wars secret of the empire uh it doesn't open Let's see. It opens in Orlando first, December sixteenth. This is the VR thing oh, that we did told you, you about. Did you see the? Did you see the clip they mm-hmm. released for that? Yeah. Oh my! Your stormtroopers. Well, your rebels disguised as stormtroopers with, with the K two and K two S O is helping you out. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's 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 uh, pretty involved apparently it's more mm. than just a vr thing it's like a whole auditor you know not just sound but visual but smells and temperatures mm-hmm. and, and that's uh january 5th is when it opens in anaheim that soon and you uh, and it's like 30 minutes you got to buy your tickets ahead of time wow um, so and it's it's, it's getting huge notices people are going this is the shit well good job void guys Yes. You've done good. We're proud of you. Uh, let's see. Legends of Tomorrow. Which I'm, sp- <laughs> I'm supposed to say it dramatically. Right, right. Um, Victor Garber is leaving the show. 
He's he's half of Firestorm. He's, he's the professor. One of the best parts of the show, but that's, that's is, fine, I guess. He is leaving the show. Okay. So they got to find somebody else to play with uh, uh, Jax Jackson. Huh. <laughs> he's uh, going to be... Uh, Starring in the Broadway production of Hello, Dolly! with Bernadette Peters. Could you... Why what? Yeah. That's why he's leaving. Victor Garber and Bernadette Peters? In Hello, Dolly. Let's yes. go. <laughs> I'm not even a musical guy, and I want to see that. that thanks, because I, I love Bernadette Peters. Uh, his, his exit from the show has been planned well in advance. It's going to be integrated into the plot of season three. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, there's that. That... You know, I was going to say it's kind of sad for them, but at the same time, I mean... No, he's been a pretty pivotal part on that yeah. show. I mean, he's he's been the moral compass occasionally. But he's such know. a song and dance guy that I, I'm, I'm happy for him that he's yeah. going to go off and, and do some Broadway. 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 And here is something that uh, you don't hear about too often. Uh, Disney is shelving a movie what, because what? because they say they just can't get it right. What are they shelving? Uh, their take on Jack and the Beanstalk. Oh, well, yeah, because that's the story everyone's clamoring for. They and Brian had, Singer did such a good job with it a few years ago. They had it planned. It was going to be called Gigantic. And it was a Disney Animation original feature project. It was going to be released in 2020. Uh-huh. They've shelved it. And they just re-released Mickey and the Beanstalk. They should. Because that got it right. Uh, Ed Catmull of Walt Disney Animation Group says, some, sometimes, no matter how much we love an idea or how much heart goes into it, we find that it just isn't working. And That's so they're shelving it. Cool. I was just, I was surprised, honestly. I didn't think that they would ever do that. I would no. think that they would power through and release it even though. Well, and hopefully they, they realized they couldn't get it right before they spent too much money on it. Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, they've already paid their voice actors, most likely. Uh, creative walls were being hit, according to the studio. It's impossible to know when we begin a project how the creative process will unfold, and sometimes, no matter how much love and idea or how much heart goes into it, we find it just isn't working. With Gigantic, we've come to that point. And although it's a difficult decision, we are ending active development for now. We're focusing our energies on another project that has been in the works, which we'll be sharing more about soon. Uh, you know, they're not saying it's going away forever, but until they get a better idea, it's going to sit. So it's, it's full steam ahead on the hip-hop musical <clears throat> with white actors playing ladybugs. There you go. Okay. And then um, a couple of final stuff. The uh, South Park game, The Fractured But Whole. <laughs> you know the Coon and Friends. They're super. They're superhero uh, yeah. thing. This is. Uh, I, I found. I find. I found this out, and I just. I was blown away by it. Um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. They answered the question as to why did this take so long? Because your first one didn't take as long as this no. one is. And uh, one of them said, "I sat down and played the game all the way through a few weeks ago, and even when you do that, it takes twelve hours." That's pretty good. So the reason that it took so long, it's 360 pages long, script. Okay. So that's two feature films. Yeah. Uh, the other thing was, he said, the script is twice as big as the, st- as the Stick of Truth, but the problem that they ran into is with, they would write stuff, they'd send it to the company, the company would send it back, and they would, they would get ideas from that and make changes. Right. So that's why it took so long. Well, that's why George R. R. Martin is always seven years late on his next... <laughs> I mean, because, yeah, he, he, it's like the fourth book, he said, the, the fifth book's done. The fifth book's done. I'm just, I'm just doing a polish on it. It'll be out in two years. Mm-hmm. And then five years later, he said, 
Here's the thing. While I was while I was doing my polish on the fifth book, I I wrote another twelve hundred pages. Yeah, and uh, so now <laughs> the fifth book is kind of done, and so is most of the sixth book. I promise. And then you end up with you know two books that should have been one book. They're both huge. Yeah. So I guess between sending this back to I think it's Ubisoft or whoever it is, between, you know, the back and forth between the two of them, they kept coming up with more ideas. Wow. And, and we're and we're writing more things. So we're getting excited. Yeah. So they're they're happy with it. So you but get more content. It's kids. coming out this month, so don't nice. worry about it. Um, and then finally this, and I think you might remember these characters, um, you know, Disney kind of wiped Star Wars canon clean, the expanded right. universe and all right. that stuff. Uh, but a couple of things have been coming back. The good things, you know, for the most part. General Thrawn, for right. example, you know, that's one. Well, yesterday on Twitter, well, it was a couple of days ago, Ron Howard tweeted out a picture of two men. In imperial dress, the black uniforms, with caption, gestured toward a very deep cut okay. of the old expanded universe. So there it is. And all he wrote was hashtag tag and bink. <laughs> I, knew you, I knew you would love that. I knew you would love that. So tag, tag and bink. Uh, two, now, two issues. I was going to say, if you weren't reading comics, Star Wars Tales comics in the two thousands, yep, they were. It was a it was a comedic take, and they were created by Kevin Rubio, and they were two bumbling rebels. Oh, they're fucking idiots. Yeah, yeah. Whose stories slide in and out of major events of Star Wars. Well, they were inspired by uh, the movie Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's the same thing, just yeah. imagine it in Star Wars. Okay. Yeah. I, they're, one of them's actually the one in Boba Fett's armor at yeah. the pit of the Sarlacc pit because uh, they, they got Boba Fett drunk and he couldn't make it to but, work. He, but even at the time, the stories were non-canon. They took no. place in, 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 in the Infinity's continuity. Yeah. Um. So everyone had thought, well, maybe Ron Howard's just making a joke. Mm-hmm. Well, then Kevin Rubio tweeted, because <laughs> he saw that, and he tweeted, holy crap, Ron Howard just made my comic official canon. Thanks, Ron, <laughs> right? So then John Kasdan, who was Lawrence Kasdan's son, yeah. who helped write this script, mm-hmm. tweeted back. Thank you, Kevin. I'm a huge fan, and I had to get him in there. <laughs> oh, jeez. And then, because I didn't recognize these two people, mm-hmm. had to play it myself <laughs> with Toby Heffernan to do it justice. So, John Kasdan loves Tag and Bank, wanted them in the movie, and is playing one of them. <sighs> so Does that make gonna... you feel better about the Han Solo movie? I, I never felt bad about it. <laughs> He's he's been he's been playing hard. I mean, uh, the stuff coming out from his his Twitter feed has been Ron Howard's really really funny. Oh yeah, and uh, you know and I, I figured out who a couple of the characters that they're supposedly keeping super hush hush, and I'm, I'm glad to see their inclusion, especially the villain. Uh, that's exciting. That I don't know. Yeah, the the villain the villain You'll have to tell me when. We're yeah, the villain is is cool. It's it's an interesting idea. Okay, and it's something that that we've been waiting to see a while. But okay. Uh, yeah, that's some real inside baseball. With that is. Bank. So they'll probably be imperial uh, imperial informants that are or they're secretly rebels. Rebels disguised. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oh, that's great. So that's great. <laughs> 
So there you go. If you if you really want to have a good laugh, go go find. I'm sure Marvel now has uh, the rights for it because they've been releasing a lot of the old Dark Horse comics That's under true. the Marvel banner. That's true. But yeah, Tag and Bink the the first issue they are uh, basically uh, Padawans that are destroying. Literally destroying the Jedi Order because they're such idiots. Um, you see Yoda facepalm about a dozen times, <laughs> and then the second issue is during the the battle at the Pit of Carcoon, and uh, yeah, they're they're just awful. They're literally <laughs> the worst Rebel operatives. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad I could make make you laugh with that bit of information. Uh, that makes me so happy. I'm glad I could make you happy. Now they need to put them on Rebels. Because mm. it could happen. Oh, it's the last season. It's this it started. This week. Yeah. Yeah. And. Oh boy, because you love that show. I I have to. <laughs> it's a good show. It does all the things I need it to do. It's easy to eat that show. It, oh, God damn <laughs> <Sorry>. it! <laughs> it's okay. No, it's uh, I I think it's gonna get really unless uh, unless they suddenly explain why two Jedi disappeared. I think it's gonna get very dark. <laughs> so, could be. Could be. Not, not the happy ending most cartoon series I have. I didn't think about that, but you're right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else before we go? Uh, be safe. Make good decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everybody. I wasn't going to get that philosophical. Well, no, you got to be safe. I was just going to say uh, two things. I'm um, loving Star Trek Discovery. And, and yeah, if you have a problem, uh, there's one gentleman. I'm not picking on him. Mm-hmm. I'm not picking on him, but I, I didn't join, join in on the conversation where he said that he was having a hard time with the, um, the Klingon. heresy of the Klingon redesign. Yeah. Uh, we all had that experience with Star Trek The Motion Picture. Yes. When. Uh, Mark Lennard was playing the the first Klingon that we saw with the head ridges because, yep. damn it, that's not a Klingon. That's not a Klingon. So it's not heresy. You know what? We got over it. We got over it. It's not heresy. <laughs> See where they're going with it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sit down, buckle up, take the ride, and then when you've seen enough, uh-huh. then we can make that informed decision. But what a beautiful show. Oh, uh, it is. And never did I think I would see ever in my wildest dreams, and this brain comes up with some pretty wild shit, uh, a warp-sensitive water bear. I know, right? Yeah, because the first time I saw one of those, my, my daughter goes to a science school, and about a year yeah. and a half ago, she brought home pictures of the tardigrade, and there's this microscopic mm-hmm. uh, life that can exist in total vacuum. And uh, she, she was so freaked out about it, because that's like her school's mascot. Yeah. And so, of course, <laughs> now Star Trek has one of these, but it's huge and can uh, rip through anything and, and somehow can navigate. <laughs> just I'm just going with it. Yeah, yeah. So remember, this is from the crew that brought you Hannibal. Yeah, and pushing daisies. I'm going with it. Yeah, and uh, Jason Isaacs. What a what a hero we. I have know, in him. right? Yeah. You heard his whole thing about. No, what? So he was. Uh, I'm not sure if he was at a convention or if he was doing an ask me anything or whatever. But somebody said, I I'm, I'm just getting a little upset with, uh, you know, all this politically correct bullshit with with all of our popular fiction, and now and now you've made Star Trek politically correct. And uh, his his reaction was well. Um, if you go back to the 60s, you'll realize that Star Trek has always been about yes. uh, progressivism and at, at the uh, heart of it and social justice. And yes, go fuck yourself. Good. Those were his exact words. Well, good for him. <laughs> good for fucking him. Because yeah. anybody who accuses Star Trek of being politically correct doesn't understand Star Trek. No, that's what it's always been. And his other one was they said they asked him if uh, they asked him if he'd, he'd done it for the for the paycheck, and his response was something along the lines of, "Hi, I've I'm I've been in." all eight of the third most popular franchise in movie history. I don't do anything for a paycheck. Go fuck yourself. Good. So. <laughs> Good. Good. So he's my he's my new celebrity crush. And then uh, finally this, uh, finally saw Baby Driver. Oh, did you? God damn. 
Yep. What a great fucking movie that Not is. Not a bullet fired that isn't timed to the soundtrack. Timed to the soundtrack. <laughs> what a great fucking movie. Yep. It's one of my favorites of the year. Oh, it's it's hands down. It's the one I've watched more than any other. It is so goddamn good. Yep. Get that. Yeah, it's a, a great year for soundtrack movies, or as yes. I call them, movies made for Jimmy. Exactly. But this one must have been a real treat for him, because it's shot in his hometown. Oh, yeah. And, that's uh, right. Yeah, it just, just beautiful acting all around. Oh, and, God damn! Just such a. I'm so sad that I waited this long. I'm surprised you did. Because I, I know you like Edgar Wright. I, I like Edgar Wright. I like that music. Yeah, it was all there for me. Yeah, but I just couldn't get my ass out of the house. But nicely, nicely for the John uh, John Spencer Blues Explosion. Now the world knows who they are. There's a lot of bands that people are discovering <laughs> yep. because of that soundtrack. I yep. would suggest first of all you download that thing. It's mm-hmm. huge. First of all, and, and then watch that movie and a Queen song that. No one knows about. No one knows that's, that one. That's just absolutely phenomenal. Yep. So, and uh, probably John Hamm's seventh best performance. Actually, yes. I was sitting yeah. there watching it, going, "Why can't he be Cable?" Uh, that he was should, the, that, he I was the whole cable. time. He should have been Batman. He should have been yeah. so many things. But exactly. It, uh, as a comedic actor, it goes back to Thirty Rock when he was that uh, that that beautiful surgeon that lived in the pretty bubble. Yeah. So he can't actually do surgery because he's an idiot. <laughs> he just buffoons his way around until people I, do it for him. I mean, I know he wants to play comedy, but I was just sitting there watching him going, "That's I want that to be he, Cable. Oh, he's terrifying. I want him to be Cable yeah. so bad. Yeah, we got to get him in the Marvel Universe somehow. Ooh, I want him in Marvel. I want him in Star Trek. I want him to be Han Solo's dad. Ah! I, <laughs> I just came. <laughs> Clean up. Right. Reminds me, you should probably uh, invest in Mr. Soapy Washcloth. Yes, and Mr. Soapy Washcloth. It'll help you with those hard-to-reach spaces. Indeed. All right, let's get back to the episode Jiminy Junkets. And speaking of Jiminy Junkets, stay till the end, because Jimmy is interviewing the casts of Geostorm, Only the Brave, <laughs> and Medea Halloween 2. Oh, so poor, stay. Poor, hmm? poor tired Jiminy Junkets. Oh, he's exhausted. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the episode, and uh, please to enjoy. Hey, are you doing all the work? I mean, are you having groceries, ingredients shipped to your home, and then you're doing all the work? I mean, really, you couldn't send me pre-made croutons? I gotta slice the almonds? All that packaging and ice packs, that can't be good for the environment either. Let Chef Daniel do it for you. Home delivery service geared for those who can't cook, or are too busy, or have decided to make changes in their diet, and don't know where to start. This is from scratch cooking in resealable, reusable containers. Ask Shannon. He's used this service. Menu changes weekly. You can order as much or as little as you like. No commitment to order every week. Daniel can accommodate all food preferences and allergies. Vegan, vegetarian, paleo, gluten, and dairy-free. Daniel sources a lot of ingredients locally. He's proud to source and serve a lot of local product. Go to his website, Cantu's Catering, C-A-N-T-U-S Catering.com for more information or to submit a home delivery request or contact Chef Daniel at 801-359-6035. Oh, Daniel can cater your party or special event no matter how big or small. Ask me or Jimmy about that. He's done that for us before. And you get a special discount if you tell Daniel, Geek Show says hey. 
Attention cosplayers, Anime Bonsai, Utah's other cosplay and Japanese comic culture event returns October 20th through the 22nd at the Davis Convention Center in Layton. Tickets are on sale now for just $50 for a full weekend pass, or you can pay $30 for Friday only, $40 for Saturday only, or $25 for Sunday only. Two dedicated anime viewing rooms. Special guests include Warky, Alejandro Saab, Damon Mill, and many more. Three days with over 100 panels and events. Get your tickets and all information at anime bonsai.org proud sponsors of geek show podcast cabin fever is salt lake's own chamber of horrors this season located in the heart of trolley square at the corner of 500 south and 700 east everybody better beware coffee books skulls decorations on humanity's morbid curiosities for the 18 plus crowd volume two of graphic thrills an in-depth look at adult movie posters of a bygone era new fully illustrated books on exploitation and horror films of the 60s 70s and 80s Fill your cauldron with the right ingredients for all the wizards and witches at your secret gathering this season with recipes from A to Z in the drinking section. New sugar skull hot toddy mugs, monstrous skull and scream votive candles. And for people who don't like to put on creepy crawly makeup and fuss for parties, this Halloween consider brand new nylon masks that fit over your head, breathable, spooky, and quick for a go-to costume. For the kids, be sure to check out the spooky retro candy section filled with treats that you remember from when you were young. In addition, Cabin Fever has toys, Funko figures, lunch boxes, buttons and books, and yes, rubber duckies. Happy haunting from your friends at Cabin Fever, located in the heart of Trolley Square. So much more than a spooky store. And we're back. Woo! Skidup, jump, All right. Now, this is the uh, thing that Lee was talking about earlier. Mm, right? The toxic fan bases. I found it on Lifehacker. And it's not exclusive to it's Rick not, and Morty. No, no, no. It's just that Rick and Morty right now say. is at the peak. Yeah. But the, head, the headline is, and it was, I think, designed specifically for clickbait because of the headline. Right. Uh, Nicholas Douglas wrote this. Horrible Rick and Morty fans demonstrate how not to be a fan. <laughs> Did you say Nicholas Douglas? Nick Douglas. I can't trust him. He's got two first names. Douglas Mr. people still name that? Sure. Mr. Douglas. Uh, it's a, so it starts off, why does everyone hate fans of the cartoon Rick and Morty? It's a question. Nobody hates me, bro. A question that spawned two massive threads on Rick and Morty fan sites. A Twitter search for Rick and Morty fan shows. A lot of people hate them, calling them obnoxious and elitist. And what? But yeah, where the fuck did this come from? But what he's doing is he's luring you in. No, he's, yeah. he's luring you in with a bigger story. Because I had a much different experience hanging out with thousands of them. Exactly. This summer. That's um, because you're one of them. For, first of all, the the Shut evidence <laughs> the evidence stated. It's all it's all online shit, and right. we all know where that goes. Right. You yeah. know, people turn into garbage humans on the internet. It's they true. Do. They do. They do. So then the, the article goes on to say neither of these problems is unique to Rick and Morty, Mm-mm. and it's possible even easy not to be either type of fan. So the the headline is sensational, but the the body of the article is again stuff that we've preached on this show mm-hmm. but I think needs to for be for nearly a decade. Yeah, it needs to be repeated every now and then because I still encounter it. I was It's at, been happening with Star Trek. Yeah. It's been happening mm-hmm. at, at Comic-Con mm-hmm. I encountered it. I've been encountering it. It's starting to raise its ugly head again because I think of the climate that we are in. We're in a climate Everybody right now where where yeah, you you already you say whatever stupid ass things coming out of your yeah, stupid ass. It just ass doesn't brain. matter cuz it's my freedom of speech. Yeah. Fuck you. Right now. So no, no one's a bigger fan of Rick and Morty than you are. <laughs> so here, here, here's some, again, just some good lessons to be reminded of. 
and I like the way that uh, this guy Nick puts it together. First of all, don't be annoying. <laughs> to some extent, any fan of anything popular will be a little annoying to a non-fan. Okay. If you don't watch Game of Thrones or Arrested Development or listen to One Direction or Beyonce or read David Foster Wallace or Harry Potter, you get this. But in all these cases, it's the extreme fans who really ruin things for the rest of us. If you're a good fan, we've said this a million times, if you're a good fan, you want everyone to enjoy what you enjoy. You want everyone at the table. So here are some tips for behaving in public so you don't drive everyone else away. (laughs) All right? Okay. Don't act like the object of your fandom is better than Shakespeare. Yeah. Well, Rick and Morty. What if Shakespeare... (laughs) What if Shakespeare is your fandom? And he says, well, he says, hell, maybe it is. A Midsummer Night's Dream is overrated. but <laughs> That's the only one I like. But you, but the guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Obviously, you never read Twelfth Night, sir. Nick Doug. Hammond will kick your ass. He says, but you're setting up an impossible bar for this thing to reach. And when someone finally tries out the thing that you love, mm. they might be disappointed. It's true. And that's why they're reluctant to hear you out. They know you're setting this thing up so high that you've destroyed your credibility. Yep. So in the future, when recommending something, mm-hmm. just maybe just convey it. I really like it. I really like it. Yeah. I think it's terrific. Don't don't say it's the best thing ever. Right. I think well, it's a, the best. Wait, thing should I ever. not call Blade Runner? 2049 a masterpiece? Well, you're a movie critic. That's your job. Goddamn yeah. right. Yep. <laughs> it stinks. Not and, and, and there's a distinction now between the movie critic and the movie blogger, but that's another show. Yeah, we should do that show. Yeah, we should do uh, that show. Second, don't wrap your entire life around one piece of culture until your identity is in, indistinguishable from it. Who am I? Think am I a Rick or am I a Morty? Think twice before making the characters your avatar and screen name or comparing absolutely everything to one piece of pop pop culture. Damn, I'm doing good so far. Love it. Recommend it. Point out all the ways it's excellent, but don't let it take you over. Okay. Because what's left of you when this thing goes away? What go. kind of life is one defined by by consumption? If you've invested too much in your fave, you'll value it more than other human beings and you'll start doing the abusive things that are mentioned in this in this article. Um, and then you've got too many log lady costumes left when Twin Peaks goes off mm-hmm. here. Night Rider's Ooh. over. I guess I'll go to Team Night Rider. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another one. Think critically about which character you compare yourself to. Because okay. <laughs> you're all Jerry's. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I'm probably a Jerry. <laughs> you're all fucking Jerry's. Fuck, no, I'm not a fucking Jerry. Black Jerry. What you call me? <laughs> what did you call You don't say that word. That's our word. Shut up, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry? <laughs> Do other characters view this character as an asshole? Do you try to emulate even their flaws? Do you think you love this character more than its creator? These are all red flags. I don't try to be any like anybody on Rick and Morty. <laughs> They're all very flawed characters. Well, except for Mr. Poopy Butthole. Well, I mean, yeah. great. Again, great. Taking, I, taking, I am bird person. I mean, you know, taking this beyond Rick and Morty. I mean, think critically about which character yeah. you compare yourself to. I know a lot of guys who are huge Punisher fans. Yeah. <laughs> or as we, they, call them, as we call them in the South, white supremacists. And, oh, wow. And, okay. I want, and I want you to think really hard about that. Yeah, great character and everything, but... You know, Again, what he, you know what he likes to do. Right. You got to back away from yeah. it. You know, because PTSD shouldn't be your superpower. That's right. No, and I'm, I'm not no, saying it's just I'm not good saying aim. I'm not saying that all Punisher fans are white supremacists. <laughs> I'm no. just saying if you've if you've lived in the South or in uh, South uh, Central Oregon for any period of time, you'll notice that there's an alarming amount of Punisher stickers on white supremacist yep. cars. Yeah. Um, catchphrases are sometimes food. 
you don't need to scream Pickle Rick into the YouTube comments like a football chant. <laughs> which Rick. I've seen. Rick. You don't need to wedge it into every remotely related conversation. Which I've experienced. What are you talking about, Pickle Rick? <laughs> oh. It's like playing your favorite song as your morning alarm. It ruins the magic. What you mean, Black Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> and, and here's some of the examples he gives. The cake is a lie. I took an arrow to the knee. Yep. And finishing sentences with bitch. Yep. Ooh-wee. What you talking about, bitch? <laughs> oh, well, bitch. oh, happy Halloween, bitch. <laughs> well, and it, it's hard because you don't if you're not if you're not participating in the fandom at the exact moment that the fandom drops, then you're observing from the outside. Yeah. So I don't have the network that plays Rick and Morty. I don't have Cartoon Network, so I usually wait until it shows up on on Hulu or or, or uh, mm-hmm. um, Netflix. So how do I perceive Rick and Morty as it's happening? I don't perceive it from. I perceive it from people literally yelling "pickle Rick" mm-hmm. in conversations like, what does that or in mean? comments. I don't get it. Yeah. And I end up seeing the articles of the fucking. Uh, they're calling him fan dumb now. F a n d u m b. The fan dumb out there that are actually. Uh, I heard more about the guys that were gatekeeping the women that wrote the pickle Rick episode. Oh. Because women can't write Rick. Bullshit! They can't. <laughs> yeah. That, no, that, uh, they did, man. So yeah. that's that's what I end up hearing, and I'm like, well, wait a second. Now I have to wait. I have to wait six months yeah. for this part of my brain to get that shit out so that I can enjoy the show. Oh, right. boy. Just wait till you do, though. It's the best I'm, thing ever. Better I'm sure I'm going to love it. because I like Shakespeare. I like, the first, Shakespeare. I like the first two seasons a lot. I thought they were great. But, All right. but man, when Black Jerry shows up, I'm like, <laughs> woo-wee. Here's another one. Don't yell at people for not liking what you like. Yeah. Don't tell them they're too dumb to like it. Don't shit on their carpet. That's the fandom equivalent of you're just jealous. Mm-hmm. All right. Now Praise back. God, I'm so sad for you. Now to this. I'll pray for you. Thoughts don't, and prayers. Don't be abusive. Much worse than the annoying fans, while often opposed to them, are the elitist fans. Cuck! They... <laughs> They also love their fave too much, but instead of spamming this love out to as many people as possible, they try to hoard it for themselves, insisting that other people, including the people who make it, don't deserve to join the fandom. Right. While the conversation uh, above is probably uh, made up to impress who exactly, it's common for fans to test other fans, uh, and it's overwhelmingly a male-on-female attack. That's what we call gatekeeping, kids. Yes. Sounds like a bunch of neckbeards. Sounds like a douche. Well, and again, I, I encountered it yes. mo- last time yep. really heavily, mm. not so much at our con, was in a comic book store in Southern California. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, and I had to step in the middle of it and go, um, hmm. Yeah, we had, I, I've experienced yeah. it firsthand four times with my daughter when she's come with me to comic book shops. Guess what? Kid grew up in a household where this shit is common knowledge. Yeah. So if you want to get schooled by it, well, she's 17 now, but at the time that it happened, a uh, guy was going around the room, who's that character? Who's that guy? Like he's, like he's fucking... Uh, the sentry at the gate that's going to allow her to buy a comic what book. What a piece of yeah. shit. Well, even, well, yeah. even if she didn't know the answers, who gives uh, a fuck? Well, yeah. don't, like, don't, be yeah. a, don't be a fucking dick. And well, then yeah. uh, Deborah Jensen had that where she was trying to find a shop exactly. that she could put a hold at. Yeah. And they were quizzing her on her Spider-Man knowledge. Like, like you have to know fucking Spider-Man knowledge to enjoy Spider-Man and want to read a comic First book. First of all, exactly. asshole, be glad that you have a fucking customer in your store. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And second and of all, especially a beautiful shit. one like Deborah Jensen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with some disposable income, you dumb fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you, Very intelligent. Your shit is a fucking luxury. Like, it's not, right. not, not a necessity. It, especially at five bucks an issue. Exactly. And the thing is, you guys got to realize, last episode during Broken News, I asked... Intelligent, but I was mm-hmm. I was a newbie to Blade Runner. I watched it. 
I asked questions and I learned and I want to watch it again. That's the yeah. best part sure. about if I being a in, geek. If I walked into a comic book shop and picked up a comic that I'd never read before and they started quizzing me on it, like, do you want me to buy this fucking thing or not? I'm not going to answer your yeah. fucking questions. Don't, I want to read don't, it. Don't, don't, this, this, never is heard of those, this is one of those areas where communism works. Geek <laughs> communism is the shit. You want to share that knowledge. You want to share that wealth. Yeah. You want to take the resources of your geek knowledge and share it with those that are willing to benefit from it. You I, don't want to be I'm a, so, I'm some a, geek so, venture capitalist. It's, it's one of those concepts that seems <laughs> I, I, I can't wrap my brain around it because I'm yeah. just like, why the fuck would you do it? Like, If someone wants to watch something they've never seen before, let them watch it. I just remember all those sessions of D&D &D in 1985 where we're just like, oh, I wish girls played this game. And now yeah, women exactly and now right. women want to play D and D, and people right. are like, well, I don't know if I want any ladies. They're you know, just pretending. She's just going to want to play some goth. Cool. My Let's role play a goth. My biggest reaction, like, let's just say, take Blade Runner for example. Like, you know, if someone's like, you know, I've never seen Blade Runner, I'm, I, my wouldn't be like, oh, gross. I'd be like, seriously, let's watch. Oh, it. you should totally watch it. Yeah. Like, it's like it's really good. Like, yes. you know? I, and I was excited to talk to you guys yeah. about. It. It's the same thing. Fucking Battlestar Galactica. Mm. You guys love that shit. Yeah. And I and I was like, okay, I'll check it out. It's the best, like. Month and a half of my life, I, I was a better and person. I watched half of it. I didn't really care for it. But yeah. guess what? Oh, well. And I mean, that's like, fine. And, and that's okay. Yeah. Shit. I, I suggested Rick and Morty enough. to friends. Yeah, I'm not smart enough. I'm definitely not. <laughs> uh, I, I just like to say that uh, Battlestar Galactica was no space above and beyond. Cock! <laughs> remember, remember, when they, remember when they jumped the Galactica into the atmosphere near Caprica? <laughs> you know, there's a comic book coming out that's going to be the old Galactica versus the new Galactica. I want actors. Oh, really? Well, I, I have this. Drawing Lauren Green. Yeah, They're that's, drawing, that's you know. great. Uh, it's a I Lauren say, Green. hopefully it's an act off. We know who will win. <laughs> I I have this when they when they uh, said they were going to finish up pushing daisies in the comic book style. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, if Brian Fuller draws it, maybe I'll read it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let me get back to this. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. It's no coincidence that this behavior is largely committed by men against women. Why would you possibly single out women to test unless you believe that women are inherently less capable of enjoying things? And why would you believe that unless you believe that uh, that women are less human? Replicants. So that's... Uh, Jesus. Well, I always quote Lee, like, what, 51% of the population? So mm -hmm. fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, you know, people were touting Rogue One as this huge, huge success for equality with women in a movie. And there are people that are I don't want to watch a movie, a Star Wars movie with a female lead. It was like, guess what? She's got six guys hanging out with her. So it's not like you're completely being overwhelmed exactly. with that. I don't give a shit with six girls hanging out with her. No. I mean, because if it's a good Ghostbusters, story. Who gives a shit? Exactly. If it's a good story, it's a good hey, story. it's a human character with feelings. You'll find some relatability yeah. there. Just entertain me. Uh, that yeah. assumes exactly. that they're human, Carrie. That's the problem. You know? Uh, most despicably in behavior that recalls the sexist and dumbest rock abuse of, uh, for example, Breaking Bad actress Anna Gunn. Mm -hmm. And then he goes back to Rick and Morty. Some Rick and Morty fans have harassed the show's women's writers, threatening because them personally. Dan, Dan, Harmon, Dan Harmon said his writing room had to be half women, half men. Good. And Bla great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, blaming them for ruining the show. It got so bad that a, a Reddit moderator who worked on the show publicly called them out all at length. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was cheered by many decent fans, as with most fandoms, the vast majority of Rick and Morty viewers are decent people, uh, pissed off that some jerkwad is giving them all the bad name. Yep. Dan Harmon lit into it, and he here's did. what he said. And this, again, don't just apply this to Rick and Morty. Think about this. No. These knobs that want to protect the content that they think they own and somehow combine that with their need to be proud of something they have, which is often only their race or gender. It's offensive to me as someone who was born male and white and still works way harder than them that there's some white male fan out there trying to further some creepy agenda by protecting my work. 
I've made no bones about the fact that I loathe these people. It fucking sucks. Uh, he pointed out that not only is this disgusting, it's also stupid. The fans thought that if a woman writer was credited with writing an episode, that somehow she was the only one who worked on it. But Harmon says, I want to scream at my computer, you idiots, we all write the show together. So don't be that guy. Don't, don't, don't they take turns giving what? different writers credit for the episodes? Yeah. So that, yeah. yeah. Don't get so full of yourself for liking something that you think you own it. You don't. The person who made it owns it. Like 15 people write every episode of fucking everything. Exactly. Yep. It's yeah. like a Beyonce song. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Yep. And when they see you're trying to hoard the enjoyment that is theirs to freely give, they will strike you down with furious vengeance. They will point you out in front of everyone and show you how, act, how little you actually know about the thing that you defended. Look what they did to Leslie Jones. Yeah. Exactly. They, oh, the, the shit Leslie Jones endured after that Ghostbusters movie. I cried, oh, yeah. I cried reading those tweets because yeah, it made me realize inhumane. that people are... That's ridiculous. Yeah. But the, it said right there that they ruined <sighs> the show. Uh, where? Oh, and in particular, what was ruined? It's because it got popular, and they're pissed off that it got popular. Yeah. It's, it's the not same their thing. little it's, secret anymore. It was anymore. popular to, like, in season two. Yeah. It Me. wasn't as popular. This third season has been insane. Yeah. yeah. It's not... It's not it's not hanging out with your buddies, singing "Get Swifty" in your hotel room. It's no. it's every, everybody's <laughs> in the park. Bonsai, yeah, <laughs> but everybody's everybody's doing it. So yeah, well, but here's the thing though: that you have more people though. Guess what? You'll probably get more, more Rick fucking and Rick and Morty. Yeah. Well, exactly. that's the, that's the thing, and I, I use the band U2 as an example of this because, right. I mean, we were playing U2 on the radio, you know, the album <laughs> "Boy" and and all those before more. before uh, the uh, Joshua Tree album, you know, right. the, those albums, the Apple Contract. We were we were playing them. You mean the one everybody remembers? Exactly. Yeah. And then the Joshua Tree came along, and it exploded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I noticed so many fans went, oh, fuck those guys. They sold out. They sold out. They got popular. I'm like, it happens I don't understand like, what you're talking about. This is the one of the greatest albums of all time now. Yeah. Well, and happens, your band did it. It happened you know? with like punk rock and yeah. all that shit. It's like, oh, now you know about my own little private jerk off, and then it's no I, good anymore. I would be no. happy to say, oh, yeah, you like you too? Listen to these albums, yeah. you know? Because here they are, you know. Well, anyway. I stopped liking them after rattling the hum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and then, he, then he finally says, you know, what do you, when you encounter this type of fan that we've been talking about, what do you do? Don't abuse them. Yeah. Quietly ignore them or guide them toward the light. Hmm. Work from an assumption that they truly enjoy the fandom and simply didn't realize the depth of conversation that they can have. Treat them as your ally, but remember that they probably don't want to be educated. Mm. After all, if any of the above describes you, you hated this lecture. We experience that all the time, owning the restaurant that we own, that people don't want to talk about what it is that we do and why we do it. Yeah. They get uncomfortable, and mm-hmm. they think we're judging them and that we're better than them, and that's true. We are. But, <laughs> but That's not, not what you should be focused on. No, no. But I, <laughs> listen to my calming voice. The theory that I would say, like, if you encounter that kind of thing, I, I think of the Simpsons episode with the, when the big giant monsters come to life, and she just goes, just don't look. Like, just turn your head. Yeah. Just fucking they'll die. Well, and, <laughs> and you even commented on it um, a couple weeks ago, Jimmy, is about how uh, with your Facebook status is, well, people got mad about that shit. Because you oh, ask, my questions? Yeah, because you ask a question. <laughs> you're oh, a yeah. fucking film critic. Of course, like, wh- of course you're going to ask <laughs> questions about audience. movies. But it's just like you're just engaging your audience. Well, like, I don't give a shit if I was asking questions about the fucking wallpaper. You know, yeah, who but gives if, a shit? Why do you if, care? If you don't like it. Fucking just, move on. Just Roll. don't look. It's just the sa- don't look. It's the same thing yeah. I say to the kids, <laughs> to Seth. 
You know, not the, not everything that comes into your head needs to come out of your fucking mouth. Yeah. Exactly. Or, or, be, your or, or out of your fingers. <laughs> I wish administration Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, keep some shit private, fucker. I don't say that at the same I just think, I think if a, if a Facebook... You, I wish you wish you if it's If it's a Facebook status like that and it gets you revved up, you got fucking problems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you so got I way had, more problems than my fucking ex- movie questions. I experience when the Wonder Woman movie came out and uh, a guy I was talking to because I was excited about that movie. Mostly because I watched it with my daughter who had a hero on a screen that wasn't... Oh, yeah. She wasn't objectified. She, that was, was, that she was, was an ass kicker, right? That, that was so transcendent for me. Yeah. Seeing that. And so I was talking to this guy, and he goes, oh, man, so great. She was... Uh, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase, but he's like, she was so fucking hot. I just wanted to fuck her. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. I'm like, okay. You know, I, I thought it was cool how much ass she kicked. I thought yeah. it was cool that, you know, she led a squadron into battle in World War One. Yeah, and I kind of wanted to punch him. But at the same time... You got to change the conversation into the the positives, you know. Yeah. And and now this dude knows that that's the conversation I want to have. It's not going to be the conversation about how hot this character is. It's going to be a conversation about how cool that character was. You know. Yeah. I don't want to talk about Michael on 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 Star Trek Discovery. uh, How hot she is. I want to talk about how cool the show is and how mad CBS and badass and how smart. Exactly. God, she's she's a role model. God, that show's fucking great. I wish I could watch it. I. (laughs) Me too. I, it's Arr, great. You need to watch it. But Arr. what you can see is uh, Milady Charlie Theron on the Orville. <laughs> that was yeah. good, too. I have not watched oh. that one yet. So good. Yeah, like that. I didn't, it's honestly, a, I didn't she, think I would enjoy both of those shows as much as exactly, I do. Exactly, yeah. You know, and, I, and I like them see. for two different reasons. We haven't had you know? two Star Trek series on the air concurrently since DS9 started. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and, and that's what you've got. Yeah. I mean, that's what the Orville is. The Orville is an ass I realized. I realized on the zoo episode, yeah. and they handled gender identity. Yes. That episode a way, is fantastic. When, when my kid looks at me and goes, hey, they handled that okay. I'm like, what? What? But you know what they did? Though? <laughs> they ended it not the way I thought they would. Exactly. Yeah. Me too. That's why I was like, oh, no. They, yeah. If if you watch a lot of Star Trek, they ended it exactly like I thought they yeah. would. Why? Because there's there's an episode in Enterprise where Trip and T'Pol have the first human Vulcan hybrid, and yeah. you're going, all right, here's your first human Vulcan corpse. Oh wow! And it was a baby, and you're like, oh, cool, because they were talking about genetic superiority. Yeah. yeah. So it's no, great. It, it, it's it, I mean, it's just it's Star Trek with jokes. That's what it's, I tell people. You know, it, when 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 I pretend that I'm watching Next Generation, I do because it feels so it, much it, like no, it. It, feels it. It is. Oh. It is a love yeah. letter to it that even show. cuts to commercial like Next exactly. Generation. Exactly. exactly. It comes back and it comes yes. back from commercial. Yes. yes. And so yeah. when when one guy says, "Well, you don't have to be a dick about it," <laughs> I imagine Riker. You know, right? <laughs> saying, well, that's and that's what, really funny. It's just it's oh. Star Trek, but it's like, why like even. That far in the future, would we not still talk like we right? Do? Exactly. Instead of like a bunch of weird robot people, you know, it's yeah. it's a couple you know? hundred years, but we still have references. Yeah, to well, stuff and, that happened well, today's time. The the Charlie's Theron episode starts with them watching Seinfeld. Yes, yeah. exactly. I was going to say any show that starts with them watching Seinfeld. Watching Seinfeld on the bridge on the big screen. Yeah, yeah right. And the practical joke. The practical joke was and, good. And, it, I like that it's true. I'm not there yet. I like that it's true to itself. Yet. It's 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 true. Yeah. It's true. Well, it, what I, it's like a workplace comedy. Yes. Yep. Surrounded by great, great this, sci-fi, all the Star and, and, Trek trappings. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I love that you mentioned the, like how they go to commercial like they do. Yeah. Cat goes, that was kind of weird. Like that, and I go, that's, that's how next gen used to do it. Next gen, be like, oh, Gold Ducat just beamed onto the bridge <laughs> yep. with a phaser rifle. Dun, 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 dun. Synth score, and fade to commercial. <laughs> fade to, oh, it's, and then it's, when it comes back, it's a great. shot of the ship, and yep. then yeah. they go back inside. And I like yeah, how I like four hundred years from now, like black people <laughs> still just say the same like one-liners, and everyone's like. 
Right on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think I he do is so think underused. That's going to be the one. That's, that's the one thing that pisses me off. About that show. The one shortcoming of Orville is going to be the same shortcoming of almost every Seth MacFarlane show. Uh, lately, I've been watching Family Guy while I'm painting because it's just background noise, right? The shit from the early two thousands. Uh, if you don't remember the pop culture reference, oh. you're you're lost. Mm-hmm. You're, you really are. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, that might have been funny if I knew what the fuck they were referencing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and that's kind of a lot of the stuff that they're doing on Orville that they're spoofing on. I mean, the stuff like uh, showing people about the the uniqueness of people through um, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer that works. It's God, timeless. It's, so it's fifty years yeah. old. Mm-hmm. It works. But riffing on a on a show that just happened or a pop cultural event that just happened works right now. Mm-hmm. Will it work in ten years? No, we'll Will see. it work in twenty years? We shall see. Um, Rudolph! <laughs> Full power! <laughs> the, Rud- the Rudolph reference is, is but, such uh, a great... But then back to the real Star Trek that's happening oh, right Discovery. now. Discovery. So it's really good. It's really, really good. I, I'm just surprised that they actually put on a show that, that literally freezes every four minutes and stays that way. Arr, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> It's um, available on Netflix. It is readily available on the internet. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna see if my, uh, if my old alias Salvador Jojo Johnson is still, uh, still as skilled as he was in the late 1990s. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm totally enjoying the new uh, Star Trek series. You, 20, you haven't watched the latest one. Right? I, I haven't watched the third or the fourth yet. There's a fourth so, already. Yeah. By the time this is out, yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so the third one, <laughs> it's when she finally gets assigned to the Discovery. Yeah. yeah. And that fucking the captain Malfoy he's haven't cool. met him yet. Yeah. He is fucking creepy. He's way cool. And he's like, creepy though like, too. Just right? interesting to watch. Yeah. Cool. Jason Isaacs. Yeah. He's one of the one of the great he's, underrated actors of our time. Yeah. I mean, uh, Lucius his character, Malfoy. Carrie, you're gonna fucking dig that dude. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm watching it <laughs> using my Xbox, and uh, it's working fine. Lee says because I'm paying the commercial free well, version. Well, Jeremiah Lupo's also paying the commercial free version, and he's had no issues. He's had either. no issues. I, no. I pay for the commercial version, and I've been okay. Okay, right. well, and it, the so, other one I was told is that, oh, maybe it's freezing out on me because I'm trying to watch it within three days of when it aired, but that shouldn't be an issue. No, no that it should not. Yeah. If that is the real issue, that's BS, and yeah. CBS and needs I'm, to get their act together. I'm not, I'm not unique in this problem. Right. I know Egg Foo's had issues with it, and mm-hmm. there, there are entire web pages dedicated to why can't CBS All Access work on my device. Yeah. So. All right. But 24 great Klingon houses. I found that intriguing. Yeah. Because by next gen, I think there's only 12. <laughs> Look into that, would you? I'm trying. I'm doing my homework. Do some research. I'm doing my homework, but I think there's only 12. And that's why I ended up watching the last season of Enterprise, because they talked about the reason why we had the human-looking Klingons in the oh, 60s. Oh, I was going to ask about that. Yeah, like, so... Because um, they don't even look like the next-gen uh, Klingons. No, because... Yeah, they, that's different, and it might be that we're only seeing some of the houses because yeah. they literally might be tribes of Klingons oh. that have genetic differences. Okay, okay. Uh, we also noticed that albino Klingons are yeah. inferior. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa! Which is kind of cool. <laughs> well, uh, I thought they were. I thought it was a clone. I think he was a. I think he was a just just a genetic, just a genetic yeah. albino. He wasn't a clone of no. no. Oh, okay. I'm is this from the new one? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So, so, so in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. This is what really happened. <laughs> no, so second, in, uh, it's in the second oh, episode. Shit. In. <laughs> In Enterprise, they explain uh, that some people that were obsessed with uh, Khan Noonien Sung and his and his Uber people, uh-huh. um, the eugenicists, uh, they they took some of that information to Klingon to try to build these master Klingon warriors. Oh. And uh, part of the problem was is it dissolved the cranial ridge, so they looked very Klingon. Uh, but they actually had five or six episodes of, of Enterprise where you've got these kind of reddish-brown Klingons with no forehead ridges that are running around. Ah. They, they look like the classic. Yeah, and so they, they, in order to stop um, 
that eugenics experiment had a virus that got attached to it that was wiping out the Klingon Empire. Oh. So they built an inoculation using that strain that caused their forehead ridges and some of their stature to diminish, and it was passed on for several generations. And by the time Next Generation came by, they'd figured out a way to reverse it. Okay. Okay, so your next cool. assignment, okay. <laughs> I, and I need to know this, Okay. is because from the classic series, we had the three main Klingons. Yeah. And they wound up being on Deep Space Nine later. And they're friends of Dax. Friends of Dax, but they had their ridges. They had them on by Deep the t- Space Nine. By Deep Space Nine, because they had they had reversed the genetic engineering that had happened. Okay. Their their fathers had had the inoculation around the time of, of Enterprise, which yeah. is only 130 years from now, our timeline. So there was because there was there was Core, there was Kang. I can't remember the third one. And John Kolos. Uh, Kodos? Kodos? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Kodos no, is that's an alien Simpsons. from Simpsons. Yeah. No, that's Kodos. where they stole it from. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, okay. But, but yeah, those those three were back to actually being Klingons again. And they even joked about it on the episode of Enterprise where it happened. They were like, oh, maybe somebody will get into you know cranial reconstruction in the future. <laughs> um, right. But what I do know is there's a book that also explains the differences in the uniforms. Oh, okay. Because that's confusing. Uh, Discovery's an old ship. The what was the what was her original ship? <coughs> Michelle Yeoh's. Oh, I can't oh, remember I can't what remember. it was called. Son, Sonju. Son, 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 uh, the Soju. It's, yeah. the, it's the Korean <laughs> rice wine. Of- <laughs> it, it was. It was. A, it was an old ship, and the crew wore the old uniforms. They, yes. Those old uniforms were like fifty years old, and only the Constitution class ships were wearing the new uniforms. Uh. So that's how they're trying to explain the differences. Yeah. So. Here's another question. All right, it was a show. Does this show <laughs> uh, does it does it follow the original Trek timeline or yeah. the the yes. movie Trek timeline? Yes, yes. Original Trek. That's what we're talking. Original Trek. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Ten right. years. Prior, it's fun right? to watch. There's there's a book. There's a book, an, an official canon book that actually has uh, Michelle Yeoh's crew um, on a mission with Captain Pike's Enterprise crew. Okay. So, um, and they they're actually making fun of the new uniforms. Um, hmm. Not not they're making fun of the. Original Pikes. Enterprise uniforms. Oh, okay. They're like, oh, those are shiny. Oh, those okay. are sure bright. <laughs> <laughs> those don't blend into anything. All right, you got. Uh, we got anything before we uh, head out? Do you uh, have, uh, Blu-rays, Blu-rays. Yeah, got we games, got games. Yeah. All right, Cuphead. Uh, here we go. You it's ready? It's all about Cuphead. Damn, I hear it's hard. Is it? It's, it's so uh, hard. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Everything I've read about it says I'm not going to play it. So oh, it's Cuphead out now. It. It's on, too hard. Go on. Uh, our friend Kari, um, her boyfriend ordered it, and they've just been swearing at their TV for like two I've days. See, I was going to yeah. buy it, but now I'm not. You don't need to. Okay. Go on YouTube. Oh. And just do um, uh, no dialogue Cuphead playthrough. Yeah. And it's about 45 minutes long, and you can just watch a dude play Cuphead from beginning to end. Okay. But when you watch him battle the devil in his casino. Oh, see, that's what I wanted. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> That's the one oh. coming out. Oh, should oh, I? I, should I oh, I can. I can do Whoever's all the games right now Whoever's if you ready, want. Yeah. Uh, okay. October's so a big month. I know. It so. is a huge month. Um, this would be the case. Uh, okay, Siberia comes out on the Switch, which was that game came out quite a while ago. It's one of those point-and-click adventures. Uh, it's kind of a cult favorite, but they're redoing it for the Switch. Uh, Fire Emblem Warriors for the Switch as well. So you got some uh, RPG action right there on the Switch. Um, Party golf. I don't. I don't really know what that is. It's just like top golf, but with yeah. different characters. Yeah. Oh, okay. You, you play a pudgy seventy-year-old yeah. with obvious diaper leakage. Yeah, Sounds yeah. like. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Sounds interesting. You don't, you don't He's leave the, the best house. golf player He's ever. You know it. I, I never hit my ball in the water. Everyone knows. I will tell you this. <laughs> Fucker. 
<laughs> and then uh, you got WWE 2K18 yes. coming out. So you can play your favorite wrestler. Or make your own. Or make your own wrestler. It's so easy to make me in those games. <laughs> it really is. It really is. I had you fight Gandhi once. <laughs> Why? Wait, what? Yeah, you make your own wrestler. You make him skinny. You make him fat. You make him wear nothing. You can make him wear plaid shirts and hats. Glasses. The wrestlers. Uh, there's also um, a game called Dungeons 3 for the Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Ooh, I didn't like Dungeons like 2. It's spooky. <laughs> It's like an RPG. I haven't read into that one it's very an much. S and M game. Ooh. Oh God. <laughs> I'm playing Claudia Schiffer. Banana, banana. Uh, we, <laughs> is that your code word? Cacao. <laughs> pineapple, your, pineapple. Your safe word. Uh, Gran Turismo Sport for the PS4. If you're into the uh, car racing, Ba-boom. that one's uh, that one's coming out this week. Put Looks ma- pretty good. Put machine guns on the cars, and I'll play them until the end of Twisted time. Twisted Metal. Do those cars have blinkers game. yet? <laughs> no. I'm trying to get I, by. Blinkers on a <laughs> racetrack. And the other one that looks really good this um, week, finally, after several delays, we have South Park, the fractured but whole. God, finally. Yeah. <laughs> so it's made by the same people that did the first one, The Stick of Truth. And I'm Which actually I loved. I'm playing that game right now, yeah. and it is great. So get all these it games really out of the way game. before Battlefront 2 drops in November. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Battlefront so 2. I, I uh, recommend calling up GameStop if you want to hear. Hopefully they, they say it correctly. Well, thank you for calling GameStop, where you can reserve South Park the Fractured Butthole. And, uh, <laughs> see if that gets you anywhere. And then ask if uh, Battletoads is in stock. Battletoads. <laughs> Battletoads. Is there new Battletoads? <laughs> no. That's where you can get a previously played copy. <laughs> yeah. All right, what do we got? Well, there's a big one this week. Uh, that would be Spider-Man: Homecoming. Oh, what's this week? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. This week. that's been oh, out on yeah. digital forever. It mm-hmm. has been. It's been playing nonstop at my house. Yeah, it's been <laughs> playing nonstop at ours, which is interesting. I wonder. I really? guess they can play in two places at once. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, arr, arr. <laughs> then you got a. Uh, oh, I get it. <laughs> DC animated uh, Batman versus Two Face. It's coming out. Oh, this is the. Uh, this is the last Adam West Batman one. Sixty Six. Yeah, Adam, Adam West, West and Shatner. Shatner, Shatner as right? Two Face. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wait, a nice guy. A, a nice guy and an asshole entered a recording studio. Yep. <laughs> you decide which one is which. Oh, I already know. Samurai Jack <laughs> season five. Yes. Very this good. Was fantastic. It was awesome. I need to start good. watching that. Uh, it sounded just like Tom. American Gods season one. Oh. Yo, yo. You that, that show is amazing. That show's. I never bonkers. watched it. I'm gonna, I think I'll, no, I'll, Jimmy. I'll pick it up. I'll pick hey, it up. Jimmy. That's a, like that's I, a I, I tried to yard with somebody, but nobody would do it. I, <laughs> hey yo, I yard my way to shit through that. I own it. If you want to borrow it, yeah. okay. It's a modern day Game of Thrones, in my opinion. If you like Queen Latifah, Girls Trips now out. Oh, oh that. Seriously. You guys all get together and watch it. Have some margaritas. <laughs> it's like Sister of the Traveling Pants, but with grownups. <laughs> Uh, they're kind of re-releasing people. all of uh, Studio uh, Ghibli's uh, movies on Blu-ray. So Kiki's Livery Service, My Name is uh, Totoro, Princess Mononoke. I think that's because the rights to the Studio Ghibli movies transferred uh, did they? transferred pu- publishers or whoever whoever yeah. produces them. So they can re-release them now. And so it's uh, not with Disney anymore? No, it's not with Disney anymore. Well, they... That's weird because Disney put most of them out on Blu-ray. Yeah, so so I guess they're probably trying to cash in again. Yeah, they're trying yeah. to cash in again, basically. Ah, gotcha. Because I know, like with Totoro, they did two different two different versions of it. Actually, exists with two different voice casts mm. in English. There was one that Fox put out, and then there's the Disney redo with, mm. which is actually better. Interesting. Oh. Uh, a movie that I already bought on uh, Amazon. It's a terrible purchase, but I don't give a shit. It's called Vice Versa. Uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Fred that. Savage and Je- Judge Reinhold, Judge Reinhold <laughs> shit. Yeah. What? Fuck, Jimmy, why? Uh, it was seven bucks. I don't care. Fuck you. God, <laughs> Those seven He's bucks could have bought a small orphan. Right there. I'll say. Right I could have donated that seven dollars to Lee's Kickstarter, man. No, he, <laughs> even though he donated far more than seven dollars, yeah, he really did. Yeah. So fuck you too. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, 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 oh! Jimmy, you will like this one though. I doubt it. The Good Place season one. <laughs> oh yeah, that show's so good. I might buy it just to see if there's any like good, or, like if there's I'll good there's extras. extras. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna get that for your birthday. Plus, vice versa. <laughs> My birthday's you, already passed, bro. Oh. I guess you ain't getting shit. That's what that guy. Yeah, from, you gave me that rowdy Roddy Piper. I know. Teenage Ninja Turtle. <laughs> I want a spinoff where the guy from Parks and Rec, where you go to the bad place with him. <laughs> which which guy? The guy from Parks and Rec. Which guy? There's a bunch of guys on that show. Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. Oh, the guy from Parks and Rec that's on the Good Place. Oh, oh Adam, Adam, yeah. Adam Driver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's too he's, bad because he's it's, he's on he's on Ghosted, and I like it. I want to check that out. It's I it's not it. high art, but it's it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. What is nowadays? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, oh, Rick and Morty. Yeah, Rick vice versa. Now uh, James had something that he wanted to uh, oh, yeah. to talk about. James, get he's, on this mic. James has got a project. He's just on the ball. Look at him. Oh, okay, I, I hope you. Amazing. Why you do you bo- sound like a Mor- like a Morty right now? He moves so well, even with the arthritis. All right, here comes James. Okay, here we go. What's up, dog? <laughs> oh, hey guys. So I don't know if you've noticed, but we've been putting out some more fun stuff on the Geek Show page. And if you follow Gadget Spot, uh, if you have an opportunity, uh, stumbling Shannon through uh, through Comic Con was a good one. Stumbling. But, uh, I wasn't. I wasn't. Everybody thinks I was drunk. I wasn't drunk. No, you're just happy. Uh, Remember why I slammed two beers, but that didn't mean I was I drunk. I do remember that. Yeah, that's just, uh, great. If, that's just staying hydrated. If you want to watch two T-Rexes fight, Shannon makes some fight for three bucks. And, and then, then, I, then, I, then I fucking it doesn't yeah, give it I to bailed. <laughs> so, anywho, um, starting November 1st through the end of December, I have committed to a nutritionist and a personal trainer, and I'm doing the super the Hollywood superhero diet. And I'm going to document that and uh, record it and see how it goes. That's where they eat nothing but just work out. They well, eat nothing but yeah. superheroes. So, anywho, uh, stay tuned for that. I'll probably re-announce that when it comes out mid-January, give or take a little bit. But Where, uh, where will we see that? Probably on, on YouTube. YouTube. On YouTube? I'll release it on YouTube and Facebook and stuff, but pretty excited about that. And then once we get done with that, I want to cover, like, there's more stories, especially here in Salt Lake, that I want to tell, but, like, might as well just start with this, because I want to see what it actually takes to become, like, a Chris Pratt or something like that. I know, as much as you can in like two months. I say you don't and have I say, And you don't have millions chicken of dollars breasts. either. Yeah, you chicken don't have six hours a day to work. Breasts. Yeah, See, people always make me laugh. They're like, mm, how, did, how do they get that big so fast? I'm like, well, you can give me a check for $2 million. I have nothing else to do. <laughs> and, a, and a personal trainer. And I've got yeah. uh, I've got painting demonstrations and oh, yeah. game stuff on YouTube too. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's more Shannon Explorers yeah. coming up because... I think you should do for Costco. For some reason, people... Yeah. <laughs> you should totally go to Costco. <laughs> go on like special... On a sample day? Yeah. Oh, that's that's every, every day fucking after day. Sample day. I think you and Dennis at the downtown Costco show. <laughs> Me and Jeffy, we used to go on. Uh, we used to go on uh, sample dates, and uh, the, the old ladies liked us so much they'd give us extra. You can <laughs> so seriously no shit go like for a full blown lunch. Yeah, <laughs> no, we um, did. I'm not even joking. You, uh, they get paid by the sample, mm-hmm. so they weren't giving it to you because they liked you. Shut They're up! Giving it's it to not you. true. So just they it's got, not true. They got paid more. Just let him have this. Were, nice gatekeeping. You were willing to eat that. Elma loved me. Just, just let him have this, Lee. Just let him have it. You were willing to Thanks. eat all of those Totino bites. Thanks <laughs> for destroying a cherished memory of my late friend. Oh, oh. yeah. God, I wish I had. He's a not dead. He's just late. Job. He's not here yet. <laughs> all right. Chicken breasts, James. Chicken breasts. All right. 
Uh, Every day. Mr. B, if, if you would. This ham is so fucking good, okay? It's like the best fucking thing in the world. You get, it gets paid and, by And um, you're too. stupid because <laughs> you don't like it. And, you know, and honestly, uh, I think it's too much for uh, girls. So I'm, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> too much ham for girls. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for staying till the end of the episode so you get to hear the celebrities. <laughs> Jimmy Martin uh, gets Woo. to go on these... Uh, Junkets, they're called. Yeah, junkets. It's where they fly a critic out to uh, a city. Yep. Usually Los Angeles. Usually. Sometimes, I mean, you've done London. You've yeah. done New York. New York City. Uh, Indianapolis. All over. Yeah. <laughs> Louisiana. Okay. And uh, <laughs> and then they they show you the movie. Yeah. I went on one of these once. Yeah, you came with. We did Ant Man together. Yeah, we did Ant Man together. And uh, they show you the movie, and then you get to uh, meet and, and, and briefly interview the uh, celebrities or the makers of the film. I love you said meet and they're celebrities. They're not your friends. No. <laughs> Keep in mind. Keep that very clear. They're, not, they're there for work. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so let's uh, begin. Now you, we got three movies. I, yeah, as we record this, I've got three movies coming up this week. It's going to be a... Free. Traveling around. Okay, so here we go. Let's start with, well, the one that everyone has demanded. Of course. Uh, well, apparently they did because it's a sequel. <laughs> you know, I, I, you make, we make fun of Tyler Perry, but, but by Dude, God, he's found his audience. He's got his audience. He knows how to make a cheap movie. Exactly. And make millions. Millions. Of the, one of the richest guys in the business. Absolutely. Seriously. I mean, I, I, sat, I, did, I interviewed him for the first one. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting across from this guy going, this dude is worth half a, you know, $500 yeah. million, dollars, half a billion dollars. Exactly. Just good God. And, and you know what? Super nice. And, and I always say this about him because uh, people say, uh, when I watched the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, the first mm-hmm. one, uh, it, it drew me out of the movie because... Because there's Medea, is the head of Starfleet Academy. See, I never knew what he looked like, and I didn't. Yeah, so it didn't it didn't bother me. Yeah. I I didn't know, you know, I knew of Medea and I sure. knew of Tyler Perry, but I wouldn't be able to spot him. See, I'm gonna be in trouble for this one so. because when I walked out of the first Halloween movie, I go, "That is the greatest Medea movie I have ever seen," and they got all excited. They're like, "Really?" I go, "Yeah." That is the only Medea, Medea movie, movie I've ever seen. So now I have to say, oh, maybe I'll get to say it's better than the original. <laughs> so it's a sequel. Yeah, and it's called. It, it's called Boo? It's, it's called Tyler Perry's Boo to a Medea Halloween. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Here you go. It's a pleasure seeing you again. Good to see you. Uh, growing up, who or what influenced your comedy style? Oh, gosh. There's Flip Wilson. There's Red Fox. There's oh. Richard Pryor. There's Eddie Murphy. <laughs> All those guys were amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and what movies did you kind of focus on to develop the sequel for this one? Like, you know, are there horror films that you kind of took inspiration from? I, you know, I didn't I didn't look at any others, uh, but I have seen, because I'm not a horror guy at all. I don't like <laughs> horror, but I've seen clips of, of different commercials, and I thought, oh, that, that, that girl looks scarier. This person looks scarier. That chainsaw massacre, you know, and <laughs> yeah. put all of those guys together. Gotcha. Uh, I read that you kept getting an R rating for this thing. And, yeah. And so what did, what was causing the R rating, and what did you have to change? Language. Language. Oh. If you, if you <laughs> watch closely, we're trying to overdub some of the language because... I saw some. Yeah, because we're <laughs> trying to dial it back a little bit for kids, but I think the next one's just going to have to be rated R, man, because it's only language. He's going to go for it. Going to go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Joe, Joe is Joe is cussing me out in my mind because he wants to just go for it. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. This is the 10th one. Isn't that something? Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, where do you see Medea going, and where do you, uh, is there a genre she wants to jump into, or like location, or another holiday she wants to celebrate? I don't know, man. I just, uh, we'll just go with it as it comes. I didn't expect this one to to uh, ever be made being a Halloween movie because I'm not into Halloween, but <laughs> thanks to Chris Rock and the Lionsgate, here I am now with number two. There you go. You personally, is there another genre that you'd like to tackle? Oh, even, even beyond uh, Medea. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I love doing dramas. I'm, I'm playing Colin Powell in the new um, Christian Bale movie, Adam McKay. Oh wow. Cheney. So I'm pretty excited about that. Nice. Yeah. What scares you? 
I, you know, just everything that's going on in the world right now. That's why I think <laughs> the timing for this movie is really good because you can go out and laugh. Take 100 minutes out of your day and just laugh at something silly, not be too consumed with everything that's going on. So, yeah, that's my worry. Everything's going on in the world. I actually grew up in Atlanta, so yeah. I, I applaud you for all the jobs you brought to Atlanta yeah, with your thanks. film studio. What, what was it about Atlanta that just inspired you to, to start it there? When I came from New Orleans once, one spring break, I was like, whoa, this this is where I could, I felt right. Yeah. You know, I saw people doing well there for the first time. And I said, if I came here and I worked really hard, I can do well too. So yeah. it inspired me in that in that sense. Yeah, if you uh, if you weren't doing the entertainment industry, where do you think you'd be? Architect. Oh wow, hands down. Yeah, I love designing houses. I still design, still draw. I love it. Just houses in general, or houses, buildings. You know, the studio, doing land plans, all all this stuff. I love it. I, I heard uh, or read that you're gonna do some karaoke soon. Karaoke. Some what? Car- carpool, carpool karaoke. Carpool karaoke. That's right. With uh, <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris. I think it's out now. Yeah. 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 Uh, if for you personally, and what would Medea's go-to karaoke song be? Medea's go-to karaoke is Super Freak. Oh wow, <laughs> she's, that's a good she's, one. She's a super freak, and she sings it in the Rick James key. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. For me, I I, I like something. Uh, some maybe Frank Sinatra. Oh yeah, New smooth. York, New York. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. In the scenes where you're you're playing multiple characters, how long does it take you to switch from character to character? And, and how long does that take, rather than just a normal scene? Well, what I'll do is, since Joe takes the longest, I'll come in early before everybody else gets started, and we'll shoot him, shoot sure. all his stuff out. And then we'll switch to Medea, and then we'll switch to Brian. And so if you look at my face in some of these scenes, as Brian, you see my, the makeup has, has wreaked havoc on my skin. <laughs> and uh, But we, we try to make it all work out. Awesome. Pleasure yeah. seeing you again, man. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. All right. <laughs> Uh, you know, he's, I guess I said before, and I said it on the other yeah. shows, give him all the shit you want, but he's brought a lot of business to Atlanta. Exactly. And that's my hometown. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. What do we got? Uh, what do we got next? Next here? one. Now, I've had mixed people, different, um, I guess, reactions to this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Geostorm. <laughs> now, I've seen the, the trailer, and I've heard about this movie yeah. for a while. Yeah. And I've seen the trailers, mm-hmm. and honestly, I don't know what. It is. It's <laughs> apparently we made machines to control the weather, and then they went haywire, and, well, and I, then I, all I, hell breaks I loose. I got that, but I can't decide whether it's a straight-on disaster movie, yeah, or if it's got elements of comedy, or I, maybe both. I've I don't se- know. I've seen the trailer where they go to space. Yeah. I, <laughs> so. <laughs> so anyway, so so this is Geostorm. This is who who do we have? The, the, is, we're gonna run these in order, I guess. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Because you know, because uh, I don't know who's being paired and whatnot. But here we go. Uh, Gerard Butler. Okay. Uh, Jim Sturgis, Abby Cornish, and the director, Dean Devlin. So, All right. Here you go. Absolute pleasure meeting you. Uh, do you think that a weather controlling system would be a good idea in real life? I think right now it might be a little much, but I think the way we're heading, without a doubt, it would be yeah. an amazing thing. <laughs> because we might not, it, it might be an existential question where we have to do that. Sure. There is no other way. And that's <laughs> kind of what happens in this movie. There's no choice. We yeah. have to do it. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, the reason you ask that question is, well, if you do it, <laughs> what does that leave you vulnerable to? And it seems nowadays with science, whatever we go, whatever we develop, yeah. it's so advanced now sure, and and so huge that we're automatically leaving ourselves vulnerable to, to other things. And, yeah. and in this movie, you can have a lot of fun with that. <laughs> I hate to say it, but you do that. It's like in a movie like this, you can have a lot of fun with, with the vulnerabilities that would be left from this massive tool that's saving our planet, saving our environment. Sure. Um, that, well, what happens if that's weaponized? Yep. When you got the script, what was the first thing that just got you excited about it? Well, the, the, well, the first thing, because before you get to my character, was the science. Sure. Uh, and, 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 and that, and also 
the fact that it moved past global warming. He said that happened, mm-hmm. you know. And then on top of that, but then you go, okay, well, what kind of movie are we in? And then you meet my 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 character, who's actually he's a scientist. He's a bit geeky, but he's a bit of a badass. He's a bit outrageous. <laughs> he's a bit of a renegade, and he's a hero, but he doesn't really want to be a hero. Nope. And and he's kind of almost forced up there to fix this situation. Yeah, he'd rather stay down there and argue about you know. <laughs> How he got in his car is like, well, you know. So it, it was a very entertaining character to 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 play, and 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 it allowed for the journey not just to be uh, stiffly heroic, yeah. but to be quite emotional as well. Sure. As you watch him also going, hey, how do I do this and be a father? Yeah. And how, and how do I deal with my brother who makes me crazy, <laughs> but he's my boss in this expedition, you know? Yeah. Um. So yeah, there was some really delicious stuff to get into there. You've done a, a, a lot of you know different styles of genres in your career. Is there something you haven't done yet that you'd like to tackle? No, I don't. I don't know. I feel yeah. like I've I've done most genres to to some extent. You know, sure. I think, for, I, I, you know, having just made a couple of dramas, I think that I want to get back into maybe different styles of, of, of dramatic films. Yeah. Um, and 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 I, I gotta get away from beating the crap out of myself <laughs> for real. I just I, it's I gotta start using this. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> you you trained in Utah for three uh, for three hundred. And I'm curious, would you ever do that again? Or you were like, I'm done. No, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> no, I, I am. I mean, I would train. Yeah. I never thought I would do um, the training to the extent of 300. Then I made Gods of Egypt. Yeah. And I went, I put on a lot of muscle for that. Then I said, I'm done. <laughs> and then I just made this movie, Den of Thieves. And I put on 27 pounds wow. of muscle and size for that. Um, and, and then I've lost a whole. I've lost twenty three pounds since then. So it's. I keep saying I'm done. Yeah. And and then I'm not. But I really <laughs> think this time I'm done in terms of going that far. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute pleasure meeting you, man. Okay. Thank you so Cheers. much. It's a pleasure to meet both of you. You too. You too. Uh, for you, what was the most difficult scene to film in this one? For me, um, the most difficult scene was. I mean, there, there's an electric cab driving scene where we were just the three of us were. Um, myself and Jim and Andy Garcia were in an electric cab in a studio for two days straight <laughs> with like fake lights and things around us to, to look like lightning bolts and um, that was probably the hardest just mentally being in the same moment the same beats for two days in an <laughs> enclosed car in a studio sure it with was, the director shouting at you through a megaphone yeah. <laughs> kind of telling you what's happening and you're trying to just react to what's going on yeah uh, do you guys think that a weather controlling system would be a good idea in real life I'm not sure. I mean, it's it's sort of a uh, it's such a big discussion. You know, it's almost <laughs> like you want to have a panel of experts from sure. all around the world to discuss it because it's a pretty giant thing to think about. Yeah. You know, and who knows the effect of that long term? Or <laughs> yeah. Well, what the film's good at doing is it it takes that, and of course, these things are always designed for the greater good to help people. Sure. To, to prevent things from happening. But like anything technological, I always, you know, no matter what you're doing, there's always a negative flip yeah. side to it. <laughs> you know, the internet, for example, has does a lot of great things and does a lot of negative things. Mm. And, you know, so, yeah, the film addresses the fact <laughs> that something this sort of vast could, could easily go horribly wrong. Right? Yeah. When you guys got your hands on the script, like, what was the first thing that attracted you to the project? I think for me, just how epic this film is was so exciting. Yeah. Uh, I really felt when I was reading it, like I couldn't wait to turn the page mm. just to find out what was going to happen, what was going to happen. And it just, it's, you know, it's just, it's such a huge international film that's not only on Earth, but out of space and just with the great characters that's also told on an intimate scale as well. It's yeah. Just, 
It feels very contemporary. I mean, it's set in the future, but it feels very present. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was the same as Abby, and I, I was really excited that there were real sort of human relationships within the sort of, it wasn't just people blowing each other up and, yeah. you know, great <laughs> special effects. There were sort of character stories, and there's a great relationship with the brothers, there's a great relationship between mine and Abby's character, mm. you know, and, and I was attracted to the fact that it did have a, you know, a sort of message beneath all of the entertainment that, that felt very important to me, you know. Is there a genre that you guys haven't tackled yet that you'd like to try out, or...? I'd like to do a, a comedy. I mean, I did in back back in Australia. I started out when I started out my career. I did a couple of things that were that were comedy. Yeah. And I haven't done anything like that in in America or on a, on an international sort of scale. I'd love to do that. Sure. Just have a good good old laugh every day at work. <laughs> <laughs> That's stressful though. I would love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like telling a joke to a room full of crew that totally. are like all on their phone. That, that, you know that what have I mean? heard Sounds it like my times. idea of hell, man. <laughs> One way to keep it fresh, though. <laughs> yeah, Good right. challenge. Good challenge, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah, for me, I don't know. I guess I'm trying to think of genres of film. Like a Western. You've done a lot, though, too. Oh. You've done, I've yeah. not done a Western, yeah. yeah. I've done quite a lot of different things. It's always fun to sort of move around and yeah. tell stories in different sort of genres. and Sure. But yeah. There's uh, one question I, I ask everybody, and it tells a lot about a person. What is your go-to karaoke song? Mm. Edda James, I'd Rather Go Blind. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just off the cuff. Because it is my go-to. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know mic? what your tune With is, mic. man. You just know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Three, two, kick it. Totally. <laughs> my, I've got two. It's either um, Mr. Fahrenheit, Queen. Oh, nice. Don't Stop Me Now. Sure. Whoa. That's a big tune, and then there's some high notes that you've got to be in the right. You've got to have yeah. a, a drunk enough tequila to, <laughs> to hit it. Absolute pleasure to meet you guys. You Thank too, you man. so much. It's a pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you, sir. So do you think a weather system like this, like to control the weather, would be a good idea in real life? I, I would hope that we would do something before it came to that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that this is a last resort. Yeah. You know, and there are a lot of people working on ideas. Yeah. Uh, you know, geoengineering is not a new science. It's sure. been around for a while. But there is a lot of complexity to the whole concept of how to do it, should we do it, what are the unintended consequences if we do do it. Yeah. Um, the entire movie came out of a conversation I had with my daughter. She was six years old at oh, the time. Wow. And she was just learning about climate change. And she said, why can't we just build a machine to fix this? Yeah. Well, that's a very complicated <laughs> answer to try to say to a six-year-old. So sure. I, I realized the best way to tell her is a fable. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's what Geostorm is. Mm. It's a fable. It's a, it's a what if we wait too long yeah. and what could happen. This is the first time you've uh, hopped in the director's chair for a feature film. Uh, what was the difference between doing like TV shows compared to this? And like, do you prefer it or TV show directing a television show is slightly insane. Directing a movie like this is completely insane. <laughs> so I think it was just a, a embracing the amount of insanity I'm willing to accept in my life. Okay. Uh, what was the most difficult scene to film? Well, you know, the thing is, it it it, it it's not what you would think. Yeah. You know, because there are these spectacular scenes, but they're actually not that difficult because you spend months and months planning. I think the most difficult thing was shooting the stuff in the Democratic National Convention <laughs> simply because we had so little time to shoot in that stadium. Sure. And I was like, they got a basketball game coming here soon. We, <laughs> we got to get this thing shot. Yeah. And I had 500 extras I got to have running around in a panic. Yeah. So that was probably the most difficult thing. Now that you've hopped in the director's chair, is there a, a genre that you'd like to tackle? Oh, there's tons. I yeah. mean, you know, the thing is, for me, uh, I've been so blessed in my career in that I've been able to do the movies that I wanted to see that someone else wasn't making at the time. <laughs> and uh, 
you know, more and more, there's a whole section of movies that the studios have decided not to make anymore. Yeah. And uh, I want to go make them. Yeah. So that's kind of, I think, the next uh, step in my life. Are there any uh, actors or producers, anybody that you'd want to work with that you haven't done yet? Oh, my God, so many. I mean, <laughs> we, we're actually about to release a movie uh, about Lyndon Baines Johnson called LBJ that Rob Reiner directed. Nice. And Woody Harrelson stars in. And we're now on the press tour for, for that movie with Rob. And just getting to be around Rob is just the greatest experience. You know, he's, he's, he's got so many stories and he knows everything. He's so charming. He's so smart. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, getting to work with him is like a dream come true. And, uh, yeah, there's still a bunch of people out there I can't wait to, to get the opportunity to work with. What, what was the most, I, I guess, fun on set you had? Like, what scene was the most fun to film? Well, I, for me, the most fun was on the space station yeah. because, you know, I'm, I grew up a total Star Trek, Star Wars nerd. <laughs> and so to have my own spaceship to shoot in was kind of, you know, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute pleasure meeting you. Thank you so much. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, you think that's a lot of people. <laughs> oh, oh, bigger cast for the other one? The next one, yeah. Now, what's this one? This one's called Only the Brave. This oh, is this the is the firefighter movie. Firefighter movie. It's a... Uh, uh, I went to Denver for this one, mm. so haven't been to Denver for a junket, but got to do it for this one. Uh, well, I, I hope you and I hope you enjoyed Denver. Uh, I hope I did too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first guy, I get to meet Thanos. Really? And Cable, and he's, Jonah Hex. He's he's all three. And Brad from the Goonies. Oh man, <laughs> it's Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of his. I like him a lot. Uh, and then uh, along with him. I've interviewed her before. She's super nice. Jennifer Conley. Oh, yes. I think I'm just going to talk about career opportunities the entire time. <laughs> you know that Target was just down the street from my house? Really? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, and this will be my second time interviewing him as well. Miles Teller. Miles Teller. So we'll see what he's up to. All right. And then James Badge Dale. I don't know if you know that name. He was in Iron Man 3. He was Savin. Or Savan. How do you say it? Oh, the bad guy. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's James Bradfield. He, he was scary. So that is the cast of uh, Only the Brave, and uh, we'll talk to him. Here we go. It's an absolute pleasure to meet you. You too. Um, this role, first of all, was fantastic. And Thank you. Congratulations on it. Um, Thank you. How well were you informed of this story before even being attached to the project, and then what did you learn after it? Um, I knew I knew the story very well. I knew when it happened. Um, the chief of uh, the volunteer fire fighting department that I. Um, volunteered at was uh, friendly with Marsh mm. and uh, went to the funeral and so I, I was very aware of it you know and I think that when I when the story first came along and Joe Kaczynski wanted to meet and he was involved in it and attached to it I think I was very reticent at first I'm, no, I'm normally reticent about any movie um, or story just because you want the person telling it to mm be a great storyteller and also have the heart that's needed in order to be sensitive to what the story is about and to be able to celebrate sure. wildly who yeah. these guys are <laughs> and I felt that that was very important and um, I love how um, how he treated it yeah. you know I, I have a lot of trust uh, in him but it was hard-earned yeah as you were researching uh, Marsh uh, what was one of the character aspects that most people don't know about him now, I mean, if you see the movie, you'll know, yeah. you know, I mean, the, the thing is, is the, the, the movie is very exploiting of who he was and who that relationship with his wife, what that relationship with his wife yeah. was and who he was as a firefighter. It's nice to see that contrast. Yeah. So there's nothing that I could tell you now because, I mean, that's the whole point of the movie sure. is, is you get to learn these people very well. You get to learn that they're very flawed and very common like us. Yeah. The, the difference is, is they're putting themselves in, in very heroic uh, 
unpredictably dangerous acts every day. Yeah. Miles was just telling me that uh, on set, when you guys were, were filming, that you would make everybody run to lunch and that would not let them take vehicles anywhere. So I was tough. I was, you know, I wanted to make sure that we earned it, you know, yeah. so there was no room for entitlement and vanity and sure. all that bullshit that, you know, <laughs> actors seem to bring to the set at times. Yeah. So there was a lot of stripping away. Not that a lot of people <laughs> brought that, but there was, it pops up. It just, in everybody's life, it pops up. Yeah. But it had no business there, and I, I made sure of it. <laughs> One of my favorite things in this movie uh, are the nicknames. Yeah. Uh, and if you were on a crew, what would your nickname be? If I was on a crew? Mm -hmm. God, I don't know, man. You'd have to ask the other guys. <laughs> I don't know myself that well. I don't know. Or, or, or I, you know, there, it's always a nickname that you wouldn't call yourself. Sure. That you were like, what's that? You know, <laughs> even when Donut, it was like Donut didn't want to be called Donut when he got not. named Donut, but now he's just Donut. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It has a different connotation now, I guess. But I, you'd have to ask the other boys what yeah. they call me. My, uh, one of my favorite lines in the movie is from your character. It says, But they called me Soup throughout the whole movie. They never called me Josh. Oh, really? I never heard Josh. <laughs> and by the way, I don't know half of my guy's real names. <laughs> I only called them by their character names. By the character's names. That's fantastic. It just um, happened that way. Uh, one of my favorite lines is from your character. He says, this is, If this isn't the greatest job in the world, then I don't know what is. Mm -hmm. uh, if you were not acting, what would you consider the greatest job in the world? I don't know if there's a greatest job. There's a lot of different great jobs. A job that I might be involved in is something like this. I yeah. mean, having been, you know, uh, involved in the firefighting community and being around them, I know that I've heard that many times. Yeah. If you didn't, if you weren't an actor, that you would have been a great firefighter. Sure. I've also heard that from the military. I don't know, man. People perceive me in certain ways, and yeah. I, you know, writing is a big thing that I do. And you know, I know a lot of great writers who think I can write, which is a nice uh, feeling. Yeah. But what's the greatest? I don't know. Probably yeah. doing what you do right now. I'd probably like to be you most. <laughs> right. Talking to me. <laughs> and then uh, my last I mean, question. It all sounds so vain. You, know? <laughs> yeah. you, uh, you guys obviously got a lot of training throughout this process. And I'm curious, uh, what, did you, what was your favorite thing to learn and what will you take with you? I'll take with me the, 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 the depth of camaraderie that we can feel yeah. when you take away blue and red and all that crap. Yeah. And how you can universally work together productively. Um, I've known that for a long time, but I felt it most on this movie. Yeah. You know, we never separated from ourselves. There's nobody who ever hung out in their trailer. We were all carrying, you know, all the equipment up to the top of 9,000 feet, 10,000 feet, however high we were. Sure. People worked, man. It was, a, it was, a, it was a, a hard labor movie. Yeah. And everybody showed up. Even though some people didn't hold uh, chainsaws as well as other people, <laughs> but they got a lot of shit for it, and that was okay. You know, you, there was a lot of ribbing going on. There was a lot of fun yeah. that we had during this movie, but everybody earned their place. Awesome. Absolute pleasure. Right on, man. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, you too. Have a great day. It's a pleasure to see you again. Thanks. Nice I've, to see you. This performance was fantastic. Like, Thank just, you. It almost brought tears to my eyes. I tried. I held it back. <laughs> but uh, how, before you were signed on to this uh, project, how well did you know this story before coming on to it? Not well, I'd heard about it. I'd heard about it in the news, but um, I didn't really. I wasn't so familiar with the details of mm. it. Yeah, and then researching your character, because you actually, hopefully, you had access to her. I did. Good. Absolutely, Amanda Marsh. Um, she was very generous with her time. Spent time with us. We were filming, filmed out in um, Santa Fe. Okay. Mexico and she was there and um, spent time with me talking through sharing her memories and um, yeah it was wonderful yeah. to have that time with her. Re researching uh, her life and you know and who she was 
what's the most interesting uh, characteristic you found out about her? Uh, a lot. There are a lot of things. You know, I I really ad admired her. Um, she's a really interesting combination of being someone who is really strong. You know. Uh, really strong person who's very capable and could really stand for herself and but she's still very open and very loving mm -hmm. um, um, and I think that that was a real tension I think that the movie explores that dynamic in her relationship with her husband Eric Marsh yeah you know that tension between how do you stay open and vulnerable to the person that you love when you know they have to go away and put themselves in these situations Absolutely. every day and every time they leave you don't know if they're coming back yeah <laughs> one of the things I loved in this movie uh, are the nicknames and uh -huh. I, I don't think I can mention your name <laughs> on air but uh, if you had to choose your own nickname if you were on a crew what would your nickname want to be oh wow that's really funny I don't know <laughs> I've never Ah, yeah, I've never been on a on a crew. I, you know, the only thing that I had that was moniker I had that was similar to that was when I was a kid in in college on a running team. My, on the roster, my nickname was Death Grip. I think because I had the least <laughs> talent, but I had, I was super stubborn and I was so determined to <laughs> to stay with the pack. Perfect. Uh, now, obviously, your character doesn't really go amongst the flames, but there's definitely some intensity to your character and the things that she gets involved in. What was the most intense scene for you to film? Well, the things for different different things for different reasons. For me, I have I had no experience with horses, so um, the, the you know the riding scenes. Um, just because it was it was something it was a new skill that I had to try to acquire mm -hmm. the best I could, and it was important to me because it's such a big part of Amanda's life. So I really wanted to honor that and sure. honor her love for horses and yes. um, and her horsemanship. Um, there's a scene where my character is in a stall with a with a beautiful. A uh, big white horse, and that I have to get to lay down, and that was that was quite overwhelming, <laughs> you know, in a very small space, a very large animal. Sure. Um, but uh, y yeah, the, I, I suppose those scenes. <laughs> uh, one of the lines in the film that I like too is that this is the greatest job in the world, and if it's not, I don't know what is. If you weren't acting, what do you think would be the greatest job in the world? Hmm. Wow. It's really interesting because uh, it's pretty great. My job is pretty great because <laughs> right. it has a lot of the things that I uh, love. I, I, to be honest with you, I've thought about it, and at one point I thought, well, maybe I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> but I really love what I do. Mm -hmm. um, I love to travel. I love to collaborate with interesting people. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of exactly where I want to be. There you go. Absolute pleasure seeing you again. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's nice to see you again. Nice to see you. Uh, for this one, how well did you know the story before becoming attached to the project? I didn't know. I didn't know anything about it. You know, I grew up. Uh, I'm kind of an East Coast kid. Even though at the time, uh, I had a house in in California. Although I, I, I'm, I've rarely been there over the years, just from kind of filming outside of the state. But yeah, sure. I, I knew nothing about it. Yeah. Did you get a chance to speak with the real Brendan, and and what did he get to tell you about his side of the story? I did, yeah. I flew down to Prescott to uh, to hang out with Brendan and uh, another guy, Pat McCarty, who he ended up being our technical advisor on the whole thing, and he was a, a former Great Amount hotshot. And yeah, I mean, I didn't go down there with any type of agenda. You know, sure. I really just went down there to to 
I don't know. I, I really feel for the guy, yeah. and, uh, and obviously getting ready to play him and stuff. But I just went down there. You know, we got some food, yeah. got some drinks. Uh, I also got to kind of experience Prescott, sure. which I felt like it was important because these guys, you know, they were from that town and they represented that town. And uh, I think when you're from a small town, it's really a part of who you are. It really yeah. kind of helps create the type of person that you, that you are. And so, yeah, we had a great time down yeah. there. Uh, as you re researched his life, like what was the one aspect that you found really interesting that some people might not know about him? Well, I think when you, they see the movie, you know, they'll they'll learn some stuff about him. You know, especially where he was at before he became a hotshot. Yeah, that's not a, you know, he's a flawed guy, and I, I think some people would shy away from wanting that shown on screen. Like mm -hmm. it's not very flattering. Sure. But uh, that's his story, and he's a very unique individual. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I love about this film are the nicknames. Everybody seems like they have a really good nickname. If yeah. you were on a crew, what would, what would you want your nickname to be? The... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Thunder. Thunder? Done. <laughs> yeah. And then my boy would be Lightning. <laughs> and then you got Thunder and Lightning, man. Don't mess with them. <laughs> no. I have no idea. If, uh, Peanut so, butter. How'd you get that nickname? Uh, he'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, you, you guys are on these front lines of these flames and whatnot. What was the most intense scene for you to film? I mean, all the all the fire stuff was was pretty uncomfortable, like you're saying. But I mean, in, as far as intensity goes, I, I just think you know the you know the the end of the movie for sure, just because it's such a you know, it's, it's something that's unimaginable, right? It's, yeah. it's uh, everything in your life changes in that one moment. Yeah. And, you know, we had a couple guys on set that day who were there. You know, like this one guy, uh, Alan Sinclair, he was there when Brendan, you know, pulled his truck into the, uh, everybody was at the kind of, you know, the safe spot or, or base, the home base, whatever it was. And, uh, yeah, and then afterwards, after I, you know, did he just gave me a big hug and he said, you know, thanks, thanks for doing that, man. He said, um, what I just saw you do, he said, you know, that was me. Yeah. And we, you just want authenticity. And to be authentic in that type of moment, obviously, is very, very tough. Yeah, you guys obviously received a lot of training for this film. Yeah. Uh, what kind of training did you receive and what will you take away with it? We did, uh, yeah, we did a boot camp, uh, kind of a hotshot boot camp, and, and uh, you know, look, it's not, it's, there haven't been a, a ton of advancements as far as fighting fire. The yeah. tools that these guys are using are very primitive, and sure. there's no machinery, and there's no technology, really. It's just kind of, um, you know, a lot of hours and a lot of physical labor. Yeah. So that, that was tough, and... I mean, what I took away from it, I, I, the experience of making this film was unlike anyone I'd ever had, yeah. just because you had 20 guys on set all around, <laughs> kind of the same age. There was no cell phone service. Nobody was in their <laughs> trailers. There was no vanity. Josh wouldn't even let the guys, like, take a van to lunch. He would have, at, like, we just work, 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 and then he would have lead everybody on, like, a two-mile run to lunch. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I just took away a lot, of, uh, a lot of friendships, man, truly, and we're all still in this group chat that we... Somebody contributes something to it every day. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Pleasure seeing you again. Thanks, man. man. Thank you yeah. so much. It's absolutely a pleasure to meet you again. Nice to meet you too. Um, so, uh, before you jumped onto this project, how well did you know this story? You know, I'm 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 from New York City, and and uh, you know, <laughs> I couldn't be further from Arizona. I couldn't be further <laughs> from the wildland firefighting community. In New York, we have a different relationship with firefighters. Sure. We're, we're on the structure side, and uh, I was riding the subway in 2013, the six train downtown, and the New York Times did a two-page article on these guys. Yeah. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that experience sitting there, reading about these guys, reading about how hard they worked, 
what it was to become a tier one hotshot crew, yeah. and how they stuck together to the very end. Yeah. And uh, I got goosebumps in that subway. Something came in my veins, and I said, I want to be a part of telling this story because I think it's an important story. Mm -hmm. So I'm, uh, I'm humbled and grateful to be here talking to you right now. Yeah. Uh, when you were researching your character, what was one of the most interesting characteristics you found out about him? Man, this guy scared me so much because he was a better guy than I am. You know what I mean? It, it was, he, was, he was a, a former Marine. He was six foot four, 220 pounds, and had a great attitude. And and that's something I struggle with, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? First of all, I'm 5'11", 180. You know? there, there's, um, he had this gregarious nature. He had this ability to come up to people, strangers, family members, his brothers on the line, and pick them up and hug them and say, I love you, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that to me is, is strength. Yeah. That to me is uh, bravery. And um, oh, tapping into that, it's, it's kind of changed me as a person. Sure. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things in this movie are the nicknames that everybody has. Yep. If you were on a crew, what would you want your nickname to be? What would I want my nickname? See, you don't get to choose your own nickname. <laughs> That's not the way it works, man. You know? <laughs> You're best off just leaving yourself out of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you had a crew, what would you name your crew? Ooh, if I had my crew? If you had your own crew. Oh man, you don't want to hear an actor. I mean, because that's just going to be narcissistic. It's sure, going to be why like, not? you know, Let it rip. it's going to be like a bad band name. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. When you, uh, would, obviously, you guys had to do some training for this. Like, that, what kind of training did you guys receive, and what what do you think you're going to take away with it? Well, we, we you know, um, you know, we're actors, we're not firefighters. Sure. And we had five firefighters come in and tell us we're actors and we're not firefighters. <laughs> and at, I'll, I'll never forget on the third day of. of of boot camp, you know, these guys wear, you know, uh, uh, these boots that are about three times larger than the boots I'm wearing right now. Mm -hmm. And, and, and all these actors are sitting around, including myself with, with blisters. I mean, and pieces of feet were just peeling off, man. And everyone's going, Hey, do you got some moleskin or a little bit of iodine? <laughs> and, and, and the firefighters, this man named Doug Harward is sitting there, man. And I looked at him, I was like, what's up, man? He's just smiling. He goes, I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are actors, man. Uh, but the beautiful thing about that was they gave us a taste of what they do, mm -hmm. um, about the hard work, about the dirt, about the grit, about the pride for their job. Yep. And then they said, look, we're firefighters. We're not actors. Yeah. You guys are the actors. You guys are playing our best friends, and we trust you, and we want you to tell the story the right way, and we will be here for you every step of the way. And uh, um, all I can say is over that four months, it was a very symbiotic relationship, and um, you know, I love these guys to death, and I'm... I'm humbled to be here, man. Yeah. yeah, one of my favorite lines in the film is, uh, this is one of the greatest jobs in the world. And, right. And if, I don't, if, if it's not, then I don't know what is. Yeah. If you weren't acting, what do you think, what do you think the greatest job in the world would be? Oh, man, I, I'm, I'm lucky. I love what I do. Yeah. You know, um, I love going to work every day. I like working 80-hour weeks, and I love telling stories. Yeah. And, you know, this, this job has been a, it's a special story. It deserves to be told. Yeah. And then the last time we spoke, because uh, I actually found out that you were a resident of Utah at one point. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yep. Are you from Utah? Salt Lake City. Oh, Salt Lake City. Yeah, I played hockey there for two years, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah, I played my junior hockey out in Utah. I was wondering if there's yeah. anything you miss about the good old Beehive State. <laughs> 
I, it, it's so beautiful, so beautiful. And I mean, I mean, okay, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but you know, I mean, we used to on our off days. I would, I would work construction out there, play hockey. We'd be on the bus traveling all around, and uh, on our off days, we'd we'd go up into the the mountains and go snowboarding. But sure. we'd take shovels, we'd pass all the ski resorts, <laughs> hike up in the mountains and build hits, and and uh, there might be photos of me snowboarding naked somewhere <laughs> in Utah at, at 20 years old. But no, I didn't say that though. There you, you go. Know what I mean. Absolute pleasure seeing hey, you again. Thanks, nice man. Meet you, man. Yeah. Firefighters, man. There you go. Firefighters. Rough story if you actually know what happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's not yeah. It's not a good one. No. <laughs> it's not a good ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so there you have it. There it is. It's been a busy week. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Martin. Uh anyway, thank you for uh for staying till the end and we will see you uh, next week. Geekshowpodcast.com.